we do a 24 hour fast. Well, to me, it makes a lot of sense to hit high dose melatonin after that, because then you're going to promote this microbiome swarming. So you're breaking it down, but then, hey, let's build it back up just like you're doing with the rest of your body. Well, you just hit the jackpot today, folks. This is episode 367, not just for sleep, melatonin, the master molecule and next level biohacks with my friend, Dr. John Lawrence. Now, before we jump into this episode, I'd like to invite you to join my weekly newsletter, and you can do so at lukestory.com slash newsletter. Once you enter your name and email there, every Tuesday, you'll get an email with complete transcripts, links to the audio and video, and everything pertaining to each weekly podcast episode. Again, that's lukestory.com slash newsletter. Here's a bit about today's incredible guest. Dr. John Lawrence is a chiropractic neurologist and naturopath who practices at Advanced Rejuvenation in Sarasota, Florida. It's a multidisciplinary clinic focused on alternative and regenerative medicine, naturopathic medicine, alternative and regenerative medicine. Quite an incredible clinic. John's also successfully treated himself for chronic Lyme disease and CIRS. He treats his patients by using the most cutting-edge treatments such as CVAC, 10-pass hyperbaric ozone, silver IV, IV laser, and of course, hyperbaric oxygen. He's also the chief scientific officer at MitoZen, a healthcare technology company focusing on robust delivery systems such as nasal sprays, suppositories, and liposomal preparations. Many of the products he creates at MitoZen are designed to support alternative practitioners to apply to chronic conditions such as mold toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, autoimmune disorders, neurological diseases, and of course, chronic inflammation. And I'm a huge fan of MitoZen personally. Uh, In fact, I used, I think, three of their products today before this recording. If you want to check them out, I'll throw this link to you. If you go to mitozen.com slash luke, and use the code LUKESTORY, you'll save 5% off those incredible products. Again, that's mitozen.com slash LUKE. Here's a little teaser of some of the topics we cover in today's conversation. How John came up with nasal sprays for delivery, like his plant medicine spray, Meditation Mist, with which I am personally obsessed. John's quantification of the effects of his various nasal sprays. How he came up with his extremely effective suppositories. Why suppositories are perhaps more effective than IVs in some cases the possibility of nutrient IVs being compromised with toxins like aluminum, and then, of course, the deepest dive on melatonin megadosing ever. It's pretty fascinating stuff, like the incredible health benefits of melatonin that no one knows or even talks about, why melatonin declines with age and how to fix it, and why John's melatonin suppositories are 400 milligrams, while most oral versions are 2 to 4 milligrams. Dispelling the myth of downregulation of our own melatonin production by taking it exogenously. The bigger picture of melatonin is a master antioxidant beyond sleep improvement. How EMF limits melatonin production. How blue light negatively affects melatonin production. How melatonin relates to endogenous DMT or dimethyltryptamine. What John learned from Joe Dispenza about the relationship between melatonin, tryptophan, and serotonin how melatonin affects our neurotransmitters and mood, how melatonin supports mitochondria and immune function. And then we get into some cutting-edge solutions for stress, autoimmune, allergies, VAAX scenes, sex hormones, and gut health. We also talk about the ultimate jet lag slash travel protocol using mitozen suppositories like Sandman. Uh, This stuff, by the way, has helped my travel more than anything I've ever tried in 25 years. And trust me, I've tried a lot. 
We also talk about ways to support the immune system, calcification of the pineal gland and how to fix it. And then finally, John explains some of his other incredible suppository products like NAD, glutathione, Stemtor, Methylmax, Probiomax, and Lucitol. Some really incredible stuff. And today's show is brought to you by the following sponsors, Bioptimizers. You can find it magbreakthrough.com slash Luke for an incredible magnesium product, water and wellness for all things water. Find them at waterandwellness.com slash story. And finally, insidetracker.com slash Luke. You'll learn more about them later in the show along with some sweet discount code offers. All right, my friends, let's go ahead and jump into this fascinating conversation with Dr. John Lawrence. Dr. John Lawrence, good to meet you finally in person, dude. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Luke. Glad yeah, to be here. Yeah, I'm stoked. Thank you for coming out to Austin. I've been so blessed that since I moved here, so many people are willing to come into town and I don't have to sit on a Zoom call staring at a computer. So mm. it's super cool to meet you. And we have we have an agenda today. We're going to get to hang out and go do some other stuff and spend some time. So um, yeah. very glad you made the trip. Very glad to be here. So let's start out uh, just telling me a little bit about your practice and some of the things you do in Sarasota at uh, Advanced Rejuvenation. Now, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing, for those listening, we're going to be doing another interview here in a few weeks out with Dr. Matt Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, in California, we're going to go you know, deeper into all of the wild modalities, but just so people get a sense of kind of who you are and how you got into practicing medicine and the way you do that's so unique. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Matt, is um is a colleague of mine and we've done a lot of similar uh, studies together and uh our practices are quite similar actually um uh matt's an anesthesiologist i'm a naturopath and a chiropractic neurologist so we have very different you know trainings but you know the uh the structure of our clinics we both use a lot of ozone um we do i one of the things that i had an experience early on with um, actually a wrist injury where, um, our practice had been doing regenerative medicine, you know, maybe for 25 years, we were one of the first to start doing something called prolotherapy. And then eventually yeah, we yeah. started I've done that. doing platelet rich plasma. And then we, I think almost 15 years ago, we, we used, we started using adipose tissue and bone marrow for orthopedic regeneration. But I had this wrist injury and it was a paragliding accident from Hawaii, right? It's a, crazy. Uh, do you know Makapu Point? You ever uh, been to Hawaii? Yeah, I have. What island's it on? It's on Oahu. Oh, okay. So I've not really played around on Oahu much. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. grew up there. Oh, so, okay, cool. Yeah, Kailua, little town in uh, Oahu there. So anyway, there's this um, Makapu uh, Bay. There's these all these lava rocks, and the wind was just so that you had to take what they called crazies is the, is the launch. Right? Oh boy. <laughs> so, so my Brazilian buddy, um, Ray took off and he made it look like it was no big deal. And so I came up and set up my paraglider and went to launch and, uh, got twisted up and went back into the mountain and really, uh, injured my wrist quite severely. And when I returned back to Florida, I found it really hard to work on patients. And, um, for a couple of years, I was wearing a, a wrist guard and I had gotten lots of regenerative treatments on my wrist and it just wasn't taking. And it was in the early days where we're like, well, maybe PRP just doesn't work on, you know, wrists. You know, it was really a very limited view of what it does and doesn't do versus now we, we, we have a lot more understanding. And so I went to a, um, 
a conference and they had flown somebody in from LA that was um, trained using ultrasound guidance. And the, the surgeon that was working with this fellow um, uh, did the injections on my wrist. I volunteered, you know, to be um, uh, on the, uh, on the table while everybody observed as a learning moment for people. And this, this, uh, this ultrasound, uh, tech basically went in and, um, guided this doctor to specific ligaments in my wrist. And he was able to see the damage, you know, and there was a piece of cartilage in the wrist that was damaged. And so they just specifically went in and injected those points. And what was even more impressive to me was this, 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 this uh, doctor was a chiropractor. And so me being a chiropractor as well, I could really see the, the future of orthopedic medicine as being able to use these very advanced types of biologics if they were able to be, you know, obviously you need to diagnose that you've got a problem that will be helped and where the problem is, but then being able to actually put the injection in the exact spot really made a lot of sense. So um, my wrist healed up. It was a phenomenal, you know, response that I had. And then I was committed to just take as many classes and to learn as much as I could about diagnostic ultrasound and ultrasound guidance, which is, uh, it's called musculoskeletal ultrasound or MSK. And there's, there's just a handful of doctors really in the country that really have a strong command over this. It's so funny that you mentioned that because years ago I was having uh, like tennis elbow and wrist problems. This is going back probably 10 years or no, even more, probably more than 10 years, 10, 12 years. And I went and had that done and it fixed it. It never came back. Yeah. It was the ultrasound guided. And I was watching it on the screen, Yeah, see the needle going in there. And I forget the name of the doctor, unfortunately, at this point. But yeah, it was very effective. Yeah. I mean, I kind of forgot about it. I was like, oh yeah, my elbow used to hurt all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, you can, one of the things that doesn't show up on x-ray or MRI or calcific ten tendinosis and different calcium deposits, and you can go in there with a needle and break that stuff up. Um, you wouldn't even know it was there unless you 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 were you know able to read the ultrasound. You can um, hydrodissect nerves. Um, you can go into fascial planes and release them. Um, I mean, it's really just the sky's the limit as what what you can do when you when you get good with this. And so Matt is also you know uh, another doctor that I would consider one of the top you know doctors in the country able to do this work and. Uh, so this, this is, you know, I would say that in our, in our practice, we have um, a part of the practice that's orthopedic. You know, we do a lot of regenerative medicine, but we also do some regen medicine with neurologic and um, uh, with my background in uh, chiropractic functional neurology, uh, we see a lot of patients with vestibular disorders and balance disorders and degenerative neurologic disorders, hearing loss, tinnitus, um, you know, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Um, uh, and we are able to basically put together what I consider protocols that would be hard for people to find at one center, you know, and I think that's really the future of medicine. Um, there's a, there's a doctor, his name's Dale Bredesen. He wrote a book called the end to Alzheimer's. It's a great read. And what he did is he classified Alzheimer's into four different categories based on what the etiology of the disease was, like, for instance, infection, right, versus um, uh, a patient having certain genetic disorders, or some people may have problems with sleep or detox, right? So there's like these different categories that are fueling that inflammation and the buildup of the beta amyloid in the brain. And so um, he has a certain set of 
plan of action for each one of these categories. And so he, he's been doing research, but it hasn't been well received because you can't patent this stuff. You know, our, our broken healthcare model, you know, big pharma, you know, they want one molecule, one indication, you know, something that's patentable, which most of the stuff that works really well, like melatonin, which we're going to dive very deep into today, you know, it, God has the patent to that, you know, and you try to change it just a little bit and it doesn't work. You know, the pharmaceutical industries have been working really hard to make something that works like melatonin. But if you change it just a tiny bit, it just doesn't work. Wow. Interesting. So do you find that at your clinic uh, that you get a lot of sort of health tourism? Do people typically travel to Sarasota and stay there for a period of time and go under treatment? Or are a lot of your people like local? Yeah, we at least half of our practice people travel in, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes people travel in for a day. Um, sometimes we'll keep people for five weeks or more. Um, I'd say typically it's usually between one and three weeks that we see people. We, we treat a lot of Lyme, a lot of mold because, you know, we, we may or may not get into our story, uh, my story with my battle with Lyme and mold, which almost killed me. So figuring out how to, how to deal with that has actually been quite a blessing and it's become my purpose to, you know, pass that forward and help other people. Yeah. So many people I interview, I guess, including myself, have a real, very specific pain to purpose story. You know, mm. I think when people are really passionate and dedicated and also innovative and creative about the ways in which they serve, uh, it's often born out of their own suffering. You know, there's, mm -hmm. just, there's nothing as motivating as being hurting in one way or another, right? And then once you find the solution to it, it's it's just like this burning ember within you that has to be shared. I think it's just part of human nature. When you find um, a solution that's hard earned, you're really driven to, to share that information. And if you look at Buddhism, right, it's like you're burning off all this karma, right? So it's like, you know, these challenging times in our life, uh, you know, they're, they're, if, there was an, if that didn't exist, you know, <clears throat> one of the sayings I like is that strong wind leads to strong timber. You know, so if, if, if you don't have any breeze or any wind, then the trees, you know, they're not going to be strong, not going to be with, able to withhold. So, um, you know, these things are presented to us, I, I believe, not by accident. You know, I think that these things are intentional and there's a, there's a means to the madness of our, of our life and the evolution that we enjoy. Yeah, for sure, man. I've struggled with quality sleep at times, and I've tried just about everything to improve it. And when I say everything, as a regular listener of the show, you will know that's a lot. Now, one of the best tools I've discovered is Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. And I'm not the only one having success with this product. Their website's actually loaded with positive testimonials and five-star ratings from people getting the same results every day. So if you're someone who's having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, one of the best things you can do is to start getting enough magnesium. But I want to warn you, don't just run down to the health food store and buy the first magnesium supplement you can find. They are not all created equal. In fact, most magnesium supplements only use the two cheapest synthetic forms. And since they're not full spectrum, they won't fix your magnesium deficiency or help you sleep better. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium, and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. And that's why I recommend and use Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. It's the one I use every day. In fact, true story, 
I just emptied a capsule into a glass of water before this very recording because I find it to be really relaxing and just balancing to my brain. So all you do is take two capsules before you go to bed and you will be amazed by how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. So if you want to check it out, we've got an exclusive offer for you listeners at magbreakthrough.com slash Luke. That's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-R-O-U-G-H, magbreakthrough.com slash Luke. And if you use the code Luke10 during checkout, you're going to save 10%. That's magbreakthrough.com slash Luke. Well, I can't wait uh, till our second interview to dive in more deeply to some of those specific modalities. Cause like when you said, uh, tinnitus and hearing loss, I was like, I want to talk about that. Of course, selfishly, because I have that, uh, in my left ear pretty bad. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and start diving into some of the really interesting things you do. You know, when I found you and your site, Mitozen, I became really fascinated, uh, at first with these sprays. So I've got one here. I would do one right now, but then my eyes would water for moments. Uh, the meditation mist, which I think when I first found it was called Zen spray. Mm-hmm. And I got a hold of one of those and I was like, huh, this is different. This is interesting. And then went further into you know, your product line and found you make all these suppositories. And I thought that was interesting. The only one I've ever done before was the, um, uh, it's for cancer and it's made out of like apricot seeds. I forget what the vitamin B three or six or something. Not niacin? No, it's uh no, it's not niacin. It's 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 used in alternative cancer treatments. I think it's is B three niacin or mm-hmm. B six niacin. I think it's B six or seven. Anyway, it's you know, it's the only suppository I'd ever seen. And it had like some, I think, C B D or cannabis or something in it too. Okay. So I was somewhat familiar that with that delivery system, but you're doing all of these other crazy ones. So I was like, huh, this dude is onto some really cutting edge stuff. So Let's let's start out with with this spray because I I know people watching the live streams want to hear about that. Uh-huh. For some reason, people are super fascinated by this because I've posted a few times like, oh, I'm doing this Hape oxytocin spray, and yeah, and then I get all these DMs. People are like, wait, what is that? I don't I don't even think most people know what Hape is or these Amazonian uh, tobacco based plant medicines. And I carry these with me all around town when I go to parties here in Austin and stuff, mm. which is way more than I could have ever imagined. I'm always dosing people with it yeah, and they text me, you got so an extra fun. bottle. It's like people it's are so super into it. So yeah. give me the origin story of these sprays just in a quick breakdown. And then and then what are in the different sprays? Not only this version, but you have like the glutathione, you have some with some peptides mm-hmm. and really interesting things. Um, and why did you choose to use a spray? Yeah, so we were talking earlier before we started recording about um, kind of how Zen was born. And uh, hape is a Amazonian herbal. It's usually a blend of a number of different herbs, but mapacho is a very high-end uh, tobacco. Mm-hmm. And so um, these tribes in the Amazon would basically blend these various um, herbs, and it differs slightly from tribe to tribe. And they'll they'll basically they'll 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 blow it up you know, your, the nose so It's usually someone else is kind of administering it. Although there is a self-administer apparatus. I don't know if you've seen that. Before, yeah, I have, but, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause I was at, you know who Dan Pompa is? Yeah, for sure. He's been on the show. Yeah. So I was speaking at Dan's event and I go into the bathroom, right. And I'm coming out of the stall and this guy's like kind of hunched over in the corner. Right. And, 
and I hear this this sniffing sound. I'm like, you know, kind of curious what's going on. <laughs> and I look around and he's got that self-administered hape. And I'm like, what are the chances? And I said, that's awesome. I'll show you how I do it. And I busted out my Zen. And this guy actually happened to be an MD, um, has a line of uh, CBD products. I'm forgetting his name, but um, but basically, you know, it's it's two, there's two actions that happen is one is there's the actual herb itself. Um, and there is a microdose of nicotine, which has a very, very powerful and positive effect to the brain. In fact, they did studies on um, nicotine um, and they found that it actually prevents um, the uh, degenerative neurologic disorders, specifically Parkinson's. So there seems to be some sort of a neuroprotective effect and it does enhance um, uh, memory, uh, concentration, and focus. So there's some aspects to what's actually in the herbs themselves, but then there's a burn that occurs. And to me, normal hape was way too much. You know, I didn't like it. It burned like crazy. And so this is what a lot of people will do if they do ayahuasca retreats or if they go into the Amazon and they're doing some sort of a ritual the people will do this hape. And after the burn's over, there's what's called the afterglow, which is really what you want. You know, the burn's not really the fun part. It's the, if, it's the afterglow where you feel calm, you feel grounded, you feel focused. There seems to be some um, feeling, uh, feelings of well-being that, that come after. And, uh, and so um, at, people would do this and they would start to um, share from their heart. Right? because they're feeling, they're feeling like they're in a good place, they're grounded. And so in these um, traditional uh, settings, people would then sit in circles and they would connect with each other. So, so this is one great application for Zen is to do it in a group with, with people. Um, you can also uh, do it, you know, sometimes people are maybe in, their com- in front of their computer for long periods of time. And, you know, you just kind of get crazy. You want to get up and just, ah, you know. Um, that could be a good time to do Zen to just kind of reset yourself a little bit, get up, walk around, do a Zen, and then return to, you know, your work. Um, there's some breath work techniques. We can get into that a little bit. Um, oh, that that's I, interesting. That are phenomenal. That's interesting because I've been doing it. I mean, I probably hit it eh, two, three, maybe four times a day, and the one that is for sure is right before I do my breath work. Yeah, and then I'll go into a meditation. Well, there's the way that I like to use it with breath work is I'll do like a Wim Hof breath. And then once I get to my last breath, I'll do an inhale. I'll spray the Zen in both sides. And then I'll do a little holotropic sip, 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 focused on the third eye, the crown. Exhale, completely hold my breath as long as I can. And uh, for those that have done plant medicine, you know, let me know if that doesn't bring, you know, some some uh some color to that <laughs> to that <laughs> yeah, breath yeah. work a little bit wow that's cool yeah um i was wondering about you know there's i don't know how to how to frame this exactly but when we are using substances like plant medicines however potent they might be you know a tobacco or a nicotina rustica strain of wild tobacco would be you know on the lower end of the psychoactive spectrum, ayahuasca or toad medicine being on the higher end. Um, I know there is an important part of it is 
the reverence and the ceremony to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll find when I'm doing the Zen spray, I'm just kind of not really being conscious about it. I mean, it's definitely not like a hape ceremony where you're seated, there's intentions and, and all of that part of it. And I'll kind of catch myself and go, oh, maybe I should be a little more mindful about this and build my own little ritual into it. Not that I have to be a shaman to take some nasal spray or something, but do you have kind of a, any sort of reverent approach to it or practice due to the fact that it does have these sacred plants in it. It's not just some sort of pharmaceutical compound or a synthesized molecule Mm -hmm. of nicotine or something like that. You know, the way I look at it is more of a tool, you know, and it's got a lot of utility in various uh, ways. And so when I'm, when I'm doing my breath work, then I would say, yes, you know, there's a reverence to, to, to using the medicine at that point. Um, and I, I think that that is a great point that you're making, you know, that I think that, um, that's something that's missing in our culture quite a bit. And if we can bring more of that into our life and if Zen is something that allows you to focus on, you know, giving some more intentionality into a moment, then, then I I would fully support that. Yeah. It does have an interesting effect. Um, speaking of Hoppe specifically, in the context of plant medicine ceremonies. And that's for the most part when I've used it, uh, like you, not a fan, <laughs> by the way, just for the record, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want to diss any of our plant teachers, but like, wow. And I think it has something to do with being administered by someone else too. And they'll kind of mm-hmm. ask you, you know, how much of a dose you want. And of course my dumbass is like, give me the full thing, you know, the first time. But I have to say the first time I did ayahuasca in Costa Rica, I think that was the first time I did hape and they served it to me. And I said, I don't know, you pick, what are you feeling? Just give me whatever. And it was pretty strong, but not to the point where I felt like dizzy and I wanted to throw up, but I went back to my mat and um, shortly after had my first cup. And then there's kind of a 45 minute to 60 minute waiting period before the second cup, when in this particular ceremony is when it kind of kicks in to the full experience. And I was actually really impressed by the level of presence that I was able to have after that hape. I went to my mat. I remember just sitting there and I felt so clear and focused. Mm-hmm. And when that medicine finally hit, it was like a freight train because I was so acutely aware of that presence. You know, I was really in a deep state where my mind was so quiet. Mm-hmm. So any subtle nuance of change in my biochemistry or in my field was just so perceivable. And I could see the first trickle of that medicine mm-hmm. coming on because I was so present. You know, I wasn't yeah. like moving around and like, I don't know, is it, do I feel anything yet? I mean, I was just, I was waiting, you know, like you'd be sitting there waiting for a train that's bringing, you know, someone you've missed for years, you know, you're just staring at the tracks. And I was kind of just staring in the expanse of my own no mind yeah no mind right in my own consciousness and just waiting i'll never forget when that the swirls of the visual Mm -hmm. started to come in and it was just like holy Mm -hmm. shit Mm -hmm. but it really added to that so i think that was the one time where i really saw the ceremonial purpose of why Mm -hmm. these different um you know indigenous peoples throughout time have used tobacco i mean through all of them really that i'm aware of you know that that use entheogens as part of their their ceremony and practice they're does seem to be a through line of the use of tobacco for that purpose. You know, I, the way I, I really look at, you know, spiritual growth and spiritual practice is that it, it, it's, there's such a big focus to getting to that no mind, which is, 
um, a very strong parasympathetic state, which is the opposite of a sympathetic, right? So the sympathetic fight, fight, flight, or hide, um, where parasympathetic is resting and digesting. And, you know, I think about resting and digesting, and I think about digestion as assimilation. And in that state, you're also able to assimilate knowledge and wisdom and experience, right? That's cool. So, you know, anything that can really strongly promote that, that deep parasympathetic state, uh, will really serve people with, with, the goal in mind to basically connect, you know, um, through the field, you know. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting in the assimilation piece too, as it pertains to ingesting something too, Mm -hmm. right? Because maybe in that experience that I had, I was so present to the assimilation exactly on, on all levels, you know, biochemically, Mm -hmm. physiologically, but also spiritually, I was assimilating that medicine in such a clear and profound way that it really, it demarked, a massive change that started to come on because I was so ready to take it in. I was so receptive, I guess, in that parasympathetic state rather than having a resistance or fear. Like, I don't know, is it, is it going to be scary? Am I going to throw up? You know, all that stuff. I was just like, let's do this. Well, Joe Joe Dispenza does such a great um, job of describing the brain waves associated with this, with the high beta where you have this pinpoint focus attention, right? So we're going through the day and we're like looking at that. We're looking at that. We're, addressing this and and it's this convergent attention onto a, a point and this allows us to get things done and we need that right but what he teaches in his um in his meditations is more divergent right like think about your heart and the space your heart occupies so you're you're thinking more globally and this is this is bringing in more um welcoming in the parasympathetic so with the hape and with the Zen nasal spray, that burn is in the sinuses. So your face, your eyes, uh, and your inside of your mouth as well, which is why we're, we kind of beta test the Boca Zen. That the shit was crazy. <laughs> oh man, I love it when guests bring me. They like have their secret formula, you know, that they're sort of beta testing. Oh man, right. that was really great. But the the burn, so it's your trigeminal nucleus, and so in your brainstem, the trigeminal nucleus is the largest nucleus, and so you have this huge impact on the uh, vagus nerve, and so it actually strengths strengthens what's called vagal tone which is what you'll get with meditation, with breath work. Um, this is really the, the, the seat of the parasympathetic nervous system. Oh, interesting. And why did you add oxytocin to the spray? So oxytocin is a really interesting uh, peptide. You know, it, it supports um, uh, trust. Uh, it supports a sense of well-being. It's actually tremendously anti-inflammatory. It's actually a lot of... Uh, really good qualities to oxytocin. Um, but, you know, it, originally it's, it was designed as an entrance into meditation. So somebody can take um, uh, uh, a couple of sprays in their nose and then they can go deeper into their meditation quicker. Um, and so that's why it's called meditation mist. Right. You know, so. Um, so the, the um, oxytocin has kind of adds to the calming effect. Mm-hmm. Is that the it idea? It supports the parasympathetic. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's like when you hug someone you love, I notice this with Allison all the time, you know, I make it a point to not just give an obligatory, like, Oh, Hey, good morning. Quick hug. But we do real hugs for a mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. And 
I have intuitively for some reason found, and this was pretty early on in the relationship that we would just synchronize our breathing. And almost every time we hug or we're just cuddling, we'll just breathe together. We never talked about it. We just started doing it. And I can be like so fucking stressed out and have a million things going on in my life. And if I really take the time to be present with that, especially with the breathing, it's like a, just such a hard reset. It just calms me down mm-hmm. so fast and profoundly. Mm. And I'm sensing, I mean, aside just from the energetics of it, that there's a lot of that having to do with the oxytocin. Mm. You know, it's just like a really soothing feeling to just share that time with someone, even just for 30 seconds or a minute. Yeah, you can get that with people, but you can also get that with animals. You know, like right. they, they've done study with dogs. I have a great dog, Lonnie. Oh, um, you do? Yeah, a little Australian shepherd. Oh, cool. And she's just such a, she goes to the clinic. She's just such a amazing animal. Um, and she'll look you right in the eyes and just stare at you with these you know, beautiful blue eyes. And yeah, you can feel the oxytocin. And so they did studies and they found that the dog actually secretes oxytocin. Really? As well as the human. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, you get to meet my dog Cookie today. Awesome. Yeah, she's a little sweetie. She's having a little bout with some inflammation or hot spots or something right now. It's Super sad. I had to get her the one of those little cones, but I got the mm. inflatable cone. <laughs> she, uh-huh. she she thinks she's in trouble. She hates it. I put it on and she just freezes, just stands there. I'm like, poor thing. But yeah, she's biting the hell out of herself. So I've been giving her deuterium depleted water and uh, you know uh, C60 and all kinds of stuff to yeah. kind of quell that. And I think it's helping. But yeah, it's so sad when you when you love your animal and they're mm. suffering and. Yeah especially when you do something to help them and they don't know that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They think that they're in trouble. I'm just like, oh God. Uh, well, anyway, cool. Thanks for kind of breaking down the sprays. And then I want to, if we have time at the end, because I don't want to use up all our time and not really dive into melatonin because your book on it is freaking mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have to ask, you use these nasal sprays as a delivery system to get different nutrients and, and molecules into the body, but something that you seem to have kind of pioneered uh, is the suppositories and why did you pick that particular delivery system versus taking some capsules or tablets or an IV or anything like that? Yeah, great question. So orally, when you eat or take supplements, your gastric acid is going to act on that. And so it's going to break it down there and various enzymes are going to act on it. And then it has something called first pass through the liver. And the liver breaks most of these molecules down into, or these um, proteins and, and, and such into uh, their components and has to reestablish them and put them back together on the other side. So very little of the nutrients that we take orally actually will get into the bloodstream. And then eventually to the cell is where you want it. So um, other delivery systems, you know, such as intravenous, you know, this is something that's popular, people going to IV lounges to do IVs because they know they feel better because they're getting those nutrients directly into the bloodstream. And so um, nasal sprays, um, there's liposomal delivery, which I'm a fan of. We have a lot of liposomal um, products as well. And then suppositories are a way to get um, nutrients into the bloodstream and to kind of uh, bypass this gastric acid and first pass. When you do liposomal, uh, like you just gave me some of your NAD and a big swig of that. I'm feeling very energized, by the way. Uh, I'm assuming that also bypasses the gastric system as well, right? It I mean, does. you're just absorbing that right into your 
mouth and the mucous membrane of your mouth. Yeah, and your esophagus. And it, 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 uh, um, so yeah, there's a, there's a um, lipid bilayer that basically goes around the nutrient uh, through, um, usually ultrasound is what's used to, to kind of uh, bring those, um, those nutrients into this you know, little lipid. And then that lipid can go right into your, uh, through uh, membranes into the bloodstream very quickly. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Water and Wellness. Man, these guys are the one-stop shop for all things water. Three products I'm going to highlight. First is the AquaTrue Countertop Reverse Osmosis Water Purification System. What a mouthful. Essentially, this is the best water filter on the planet. Many of the RO systems uh, will leave you with bacteria and unwanted contaminants. This one is legit. It's the one I use at home, and I'm going to turn you on to another trick. After you've done a reverse osmosis, process on water, well, you've taken out everything, including the minerals that you might want in the water. That's where the Quinton Sea Mineral Solution comes in. So what I do is I filter the water, then I pour some of the Quinton Hypertonic in there to remineralize and restructure the water and bring it back to its natural state. And then taking a step further, we've got the Active H2 Molecular Hydrogen Tabs. So what I like to do is take some of that remineralized, filtered water from Water and Wellness, pop a tab or two of the active H2, and I've got myself a mineralized, highly antioxidant water. Incredible stuff. So here's the offer, waterandwellness.com slash story. When you get over there, you're going to get 10% off all the products across the board using the code STORY10. And for a limited time, when you buy two or more bottles of active H2 hydrogen, you'll get 20% off. So again, go to waterandwellness.com slash story. And the code there is STORY10, and uh, you're going to be very happy that you did so. So with the suppositories, <laughs> it's funny, when I first discovered that one that I forget the name of, the apricot extract thing, apricot seed extract thing, um, it reminded me of one of these rock and roll folklore stories uh, around the band Fleetwood Mac. Mm -hmm. And who knows if this is true, but the rock and roll rumor is that they had fried their noses so bad snorting coke that they would fire coke with a straw up each other's asses okay and absorb it that way yeah and so that was that i just for some reason i don't know it's the kind of story that sticks in your head you know uh -huh. um but it made sense to me because the inside of your rectum is essentially the same material as the inside of your mouth so if you were to hold something in your mouth and it had the ability to sort of soak in and get in your bloodstream it would happen the same way and i think um you know, I've done coffee enemas and this kind of stuff and ozone mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all sorts of things uh, rectally, as embarrassing as that is sometimes to talk about publicly. But um, it made sense to me. But then I noticed in using the products, the timing of bowel movements is really important mm -hmm. because, you know, they're not cheap, right? These mm -hmm. things, I mean, they're really high quality nutrients. Um, so like what's, what's a good time for someone to uh, insert one of these things and how do you make sure that you don't end up just kind of evacuating it um, inadvertently because you weren't yet quite empty? Yeah, suppositories, you know, they were one of the first things that I really noticed a big difference when I was really sick with mold and Lyme and it was um, glutathione suppositories. And so I was introduced to them um, and I would do it before bed which I think is really one of the best times to take it because um, there's not a problem with the, uh, the issues that you're talking about. Right. 
So if you woke up in the neck in the morning and you had a bowel movement, that would be another good time to do any time post bowel movement. Now you can also do a coffee enema or you can get one of those fleet um, enema deals that you get at like Walgreens or CVS pharmacy. And mm-hmm. you can do, um, you know, you can evacuate yourself and then put a suppository in. And I think, you know, a lot of people might be listening to this or watching this, uh, thinking that this is pretty extreme and um, maybe, um, but there's also uh, a possibility for people that are really struggling with some significant challenges that can maybe finally actually get relief because um, what suppositories offer you is a slow bleed into the bloodstream over three to five hours which is even better than an, an IV. If you think about it, you come to me for an IV, I'm going to hook you up. If you were doing, unless you were some, doing something like NAD where I'm going to keep you for five hours, you're going to sit there and do a slow drip for five hours. Well, can you imagine that I can give you about the same amount of milligram of um, NAD and you know, you put the suppository and then you can just go on your merry way, you know, and go around, you know, do your, do whatever you need to do that day. There's no downtime. And, and it's, and it's as good as a, as a, as a really long IV, but nobody that I know is, is doing like say Myers cocktails, which is a common IV that people will get with high dose vitamin C and B vitamins and magnesium, et cetera. Um, you know, if you were to drip that for three to five hours, you're going to have better cellular absorption. So the way I see it is it's like if I were to have beans and I had dry beans and I put them in a bowl and I poured water in there and then I came back an hour later and I looked at it, those, those beans are probably still going to be hard, right? It's going to take a few hours for that water to really soak them up. So your cells are the same way. So if you have say a thousand milligrams of CoQ10, and you give it in a bolus where peak is something called peak plasma. So basically you take a nutrient and it's in the bloodstream for a certain period of time and then it's not. So peak plasma might be for one hour. So your cells have an hour to collect this thousand milligrams of CoQ10. Whereas if I took a thousand milligrams of CoQ10 and put it in a suppository, peak plasma is going to be over five hours. Wow. So Damn, your cells have time like that, those, those beans to absorb the water, your cells have time to absorb that CoQ10 or whatever nutrient, the NAD. Um, and plus, you know, the expense is much less. If you're looking at NAD, NAD is a wonderful nutrient for a lot of people for maximizing health. And, you know, there's a lot of studies on it showing it's extending life and, you know, just does so many wonderful things to help your mitochondria or your core energy producing structure in the cell do its job better. So this is something you could dose three or four times a, a week. You know, who has time to go to a doctor, pay a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars for an IV, sit there for five hours, right? Well, everybody's got time to do a suppository three or four times a week, right? After yeah. their, or at, before bed or after their morning. I, I do them constantly. I mean, maybe every day. Mm-hmm. because I'll kind of switch it up. I don't want to do NAD every day. So I'll, mm-hmm. before I go to bed, I'll do a glutathione or mm-hmm. one of the melatonin ones, which we'll talk about. Um, for those listening to, I would say it's not really that big of a deal. I'll, I'll show one later in the video for those that watch on YouTube and those on the live stream, but it's like basically like a little bullet that's, I don't know, the size of your last digit on your pinky. Mm-hmm. It's not really, I mean, for some people it might be freaky if they've never 
administered anything that way. They're really just smooth. mentally, but yeah, they're it's really just, smooth and the the shape of it. So as soon as the point kind of gets you know right into the you know the the anus there and. It, it just kind of sucks up in there. It's not like you're having to force it or push your finger. You yeah, know? not at all. It, it's, it's super such a fast. No, it's such a nothing. Like, you know, yeah. you, you, you're in front of the sink, you know, you open it up, you put it in, you wash your hands and it's like, it's no big deal. Yeah, that's how it is for me. But I know some people listening because I've mentioned it to people and they're like, oh, that's weird. And I'm like, I don't know. And you to don't me, really feel it when it's in there. Either. No. It, it dissolves very quickly because it's made of an organic palm oil. So at room temperature, it turns into a liquid. So it's hard. Um, which I, palm oil was a lot better than like um, cocoa butter or some of the other um, uh, suppository bases. And I like it because in most set settings, people could put it by their bed, you know, and, and it's still hard and they can still apply it, you know, right before bed. Melatonin, it's, it's just such a perfect nutrient for a suppository because you want to slow release a melatonin because that's how your body pulses it. And, you know, I've really seen some, some very powerful, um, effects with dosing melatonin in that fashion. Yeah. Well, let's get into that then. Um, oh no, I wanted to ask you one thing when it comes to the IVs, you know, I've been doing these nutrient IVs for a long time, you know, pretty often. And the other day, someone mentioned in one of my telegram groups that unless a clinic specifically orders, uh, the more expensive version of the IV bags that they use uh, very commonly aluminum as a preservative. Do you know if there's any truth to that? And is that a potential issue someone should look out for if they're getting IVs? Yeah, you know, it, it's, um, it's a great question. And I can't answer that for sure. Uh, but I can tell you that aluminum is really nasty. It's, it's in so many uh, of our foods. Um, and Klinghart, um, is a really well-known doctor. I'm sure a lot of people maybe have heard of him. Um, and he presented once at, when I was at a conference on how, um, aluminum can make, um, viruses much more virulent. And that's not something that you want right now, right? Um, retro, besides retroviruses, uh, you have, you know, COVID and other viruses that, that you don't want to have their way in your body. So, um, avoiding intake of aluminum. And then there's different um, protocols that you can actually like clear out aluminum from the body. But you've not heard of that specifically being an issue with IV bags? Um, the bag itself? No, like the nutrients, just the formula that they put in the IV bags being preserved in that way. I, I haven't, but I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Worth looking into. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I remember to ask you that because uh, it was a bit disconcerting to me as someone who's gotten a lot of IVs. And also because <laughs> the other day, uh, Allison came to me and said, sweetie, I'm very concerned I'm magnetic. And I was like, you're very magnetic. Yeah, and she said, no, for real. And she was able to stick magnets to herself, mm. like people that are getting the shot right now. I don't mm. know if you've seen these videos, but where people yeah. have the injection site, they're, they're magnetized. And she's not had any of these... Um, injections obviously but yeah it was pretty disconcerting and then i tried it on myself and some days it'll stick right here on my sternum like a little refrigerator magnet and some days it doesn't and i'm like what the hell so i start going in my groups asking people and that's where the aluminum thing came up because mm. people are like oh it's the aluminum in the chemtrails or in ivs mm. uh, some people have said uh, and this sounds somewhat plausible that 
with some kind of viral infection, not even the one that is currently all the rage, but uh, you know that your red blood cells can lose their ability to carry oxygen. And so that iron would become, I guess the heme or the iron becomes more concentrated mm. at different points in your body. And the iron would be magnetic. So there's mm. a few theories going on. We haven't been able to figure it out. Um, so I thought, well, we need to start jumping in the hyperbaric chamber and make sure oxygen's getting everywhere, um, mm-hmm. which is what I've been doing. She's a little more hesitant to do that, but that's where that aluminum question um, came up because it's very odd to have a magnet stick to your body. I, I'm going to have to start sticking magnets to my body when I get home. <laughs> I have one I in my bag. I have one in my bag. Let's yeah. see, dude. Right. You haven't, I'm assuming you haven't had this shot going no. around. Okay. No. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of people. They'll, they'll. I saw this one video where they go on a beach and they're like, have you had the shot? And people are like, yes. And then the magnet sticks to them. And it was about half the people that it sticks and half it doesn't. Wow. Maybe depending on the batch or the producer of said shot. Um, but that's why I, we tried it. We're just like, I don't know, is that just a thing? It, there's also videos going around where people are buying really cheap uh, factory farm meat and chicken and whatnot, and mm. the magnets will stick to the meat. Mm. And I have some uh, regenerative farm elk at home. I tried it on that, didn't stick. Oh, wow. Allison had some organic chicken nuggets or something. Uh, it stuck to those. Wow. Yeah, it's real weird. That's it's just, real weird. Yeah. Well, We'll experiment with it later. I don't want to. I don't want to lose time here. Okay. Um, so, what is melatonin, and why does it decline so much as we age? Well, um, so melatonin is produced um, in the pineal gland, and um, as you know, the pineal gland is kind of the third eye, right? And this is where a lot of the, our perception of the non-physical world uh, enters, according to most. Um, uh, you know, spiritual and religious, you know, uh, um, groups. And so, um, the pineal seems to be a, uh, a sensor, you know, for what we call the quantum field or the, the field, you know, um, and it just so happens that that's where, uh, we convert, um, serotonin into melatonin. And also you can convert, uh, into DMT as well, which is, one of the problems with autistic kids, actually, uh, they have a, a more a higher conversion to DMT, and they they have very low melatonin levels, and that's why they're kind of in that state where they're a, a bit confused. They're not really, they're basically in an ayahuasca trip, to some extent. So actually, it's uh, in my book we talk about the benefits with autistic children and using a high dose melatonin with them, but. Um, but so melatonin is, um, the way I see it, is the ultimate um, stress uh, 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 protector. So melatonin protects you from a lot of different types of stresses. So uh, it's taken me a while to really fully grasp, but it seems like if I could be um, kind of common as far as one aspect of of all the stressors are really going to create inflammation in your body. And inflammation shows up in, in something called cytokines, right? So there's a number of different cytokines. They're inflammatory cytokines. So like with, um, if you get an infection, you get a cytokine storm, right? A lot of people may have heard about this. And this can be very challenging to your health because um, not only do you, do you, can you have this runaway inflammation, which by the way, you can have with aluminum toxicity or mercury toxicity. So toxins, infections, 
mental, emotional, electromagnetic. Um, these are all types of stressors that all wind up creating this inflammatory response in the body. And that's the commonality of all diseases is that there's inflammation there, but the inflammation is not the problem, right? So the cytokines are basically um, getting to the cell and then the cell is responding to these cytokines by trying to buffer this stress best it can. And so at some point we call it like a hormetic zone, right? So we have this familiar zone. So like today you might be stuck in your familiar zone. So you're doing things that your body is accustomed to doing. And maybe you'll do a run later and you'll go into your hermetic zone, which is something that you're stressing yourself. And this is a good zone to get, to get uh, stronger. So uh, hormesis is a, a word for when we stress ourselves in a way where it's a good stress that we get a net gain in health, like heat or it would be like bath, a sauna or an ice like bath that, right. exercise. Um, there's a lot of toxins that are given as medicines in the right dosage, you know? Um, and so, uh, so hormesis is a really beautiful thing to look at. And so you have the familiar zone, you have the hormetic zone, and then outside of that, I call it the danger zone. So um, when we look at the um, moving into where the cell is getting too much of these cytokines, too much of this inflammation due to us starting to get into that danger zone, melatonin is there to protect. Literally, this is the way your body deals with it first. This is plan A. So this is within each of your mitochondria. It produces melatonin, which basically quenches this stress. When it gets to the point where it can't quench that stress anymore, then it starts to make energy from a much more inefficient way, which is called uh, aerobic glycolysis. And I know it's a fancy word, but basically we're making about a 10% of the amount of energy that we were otherwise making from one molecule of glucose. So glucose plus oxygen goes into the cell and it's converted into something called ATP in the mitochondria. And that gives you through something called Krebs cycle, 38 ATPs. If it goes through aerobic glycolysis, you get about nine, okay? So, um, I'm sorry, you get four. So th this much more inefficient way of making energy they call the Warburg effect. Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize by discovering that oxygen and cancer can't coexist. He was the first one to discover this uh, aerobic glycolysis. So there's a lot of applications to cancer because this is in essence what a cancer cell does. Um, and this is why melatonin has been deeply studied with cancer. But um, what they found is that when you give exogenous melatonin, it actually will reverse that and it will allow the cell to start buffering the stress and it'll start to kick in the production of melatonin within the mitochondria because that's what is, it, it keeps that energy being made in the mitochondria. It prevents it from going into this aerobic glycolysis, which is this inefficient way of making energy. Wow, that's wild. I didn't know that. So it, it's really at a very deep core level in so many diseases. And that's why I'm on chapter 20 in my book where, I mean, we, it's available in ebook. So people can go to, um, and we'll do a coupon code, right? So melatoninbook.com. And um, there's three chapters I'm still working on. And uh, it's been a two-year, you know, adventure. 
It's an it's an outstanding book. I mean, that's why I wanted to talk about melatonin today because I I just thought no, oh, that's it makes you sleepy. <laughs> you know what I mean, literally, that's like I just thought its role, and I'm going through that book like holy shit. Yeah, it's so, holy shit. Yeah. It's wild. Listeners of this show want to take charge of their health and wellness. They're people who are seeking and striving to do all the right things for their body to give them more energy, better sleep, a healthy immune system, and to improve their personal performance and gain the vitality needed to live longer, better, healthier lives. I don't know about you, but that fits me 100%. Here's the thing, though. It gets confusing out there, right? There's a barrage of bias, misleading, impersonal information that creates a lot of doubt and confusion, which obscures your way forward. There are just so many experts out there, including the ones on this show, that are making universal recommendations without you really knowing what your body needs specifically based on thorough biomarker testing. So as a result, people often lack three important things to help them get a clear picture of what their body looks like on the inside, a clear measure of whether their diet and exercise choices are helping or hurting, and a clear idea of who or what to trust when it comes to health, wellness, and performance guidance. This, my friends, is exactly what Inside Tracker has been designed to solve. They're illuminating your path forward for your personal best. They offer folks like us a clearer picture than we've ever had before of what's going on inside your body. These guys provide an ultra-personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your health and wellness goals. I just did the testing and uh, it illuminated quite a few surprising facts about what's going on inside this body. It's pretty incredible when you really see in front of you in a concrete way what your body needs. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, they analyze your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on and to offer you science-backed recommendations that are ultra-effective for your diet and lifestyle. So once you've done your testing, Inside Tracker tracks your progress and makes recommendations based on what they find. So if you're ready to stop guessing about your micronutrient, mineral, hormone, and DNA status, Inside Tracker has the solution. And for a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/luke and start your journey into quantifying your body's performance. Again, that's insidetracker.com/luke for 25% off. So when they first looked at melatonin, I, I think this is just so fascinating. They they did studies with rodent models and they're like, you know what, melatonin doesn't seem to have any benefit. But what you have to understand is that the laws around how they have to treat these animals in the laboratory setting is event it's basically like these rodents are living at the Ritz Carlton. It's not a stressful situation. Okay. They're fed regularly, you know, they're not exposed to a lot of heat and cold, blah, blah, blah. So what they did is they stressed these rodents and then took the stressed rodents compared to the ones that weren't stressed and looked at them both given melatonin. And what they noticed is that, I'm sorry, they had both stressed rodents, but they had one with melatonin, one not. And this is when melatonin really started to shine. And you could imagine the way that they stressed these rodents was they put them in tubes for like hours upon hours in a day with little holes in it. And so this is a common way that they stress these animals so that they can do tests like this. But what they found is that all the different diseases that the other animals were getting 
um, that didn't have the melatonin, the melatonin group weren't, weren't, weren't having. And so it was really profound. And that's what spurred all the research that you'll find. So if you start to Google and look at research on, you know, gut, liver, neuro, neurological, cardiovascular, um, autoimmune, um, sleep, <laughs> uh, degenerative neurologic disorders. Uh, I mean, it just, the skin, you know, this is what's fascinating to me. I always burned as a kid. I mean, I remember in Hawaii, we, I used to teach sailing, right? We'd be out in the sun all day long and as much sunscreen as we put on, you know, basically my lower lip was a scab. It was a scab across my cheeks, right? My nose. Um, but I burned so easily, you know, and then I'd lose my tan, you know, I'd get really red and then I would, I'd get white again within like a week. So, um, when I started using high dose melatonin, I can go in the sun all day long and I'll just get, I'll get brown. It's insane. I had a patient come see me, um, a few weeks ago, red, redhead from Boston, right? He's like this hedge fund guy came in for uh, stem cells for his hip. And he went on a fishing trip and I got him, I got him on melatonin. Cause I'm like, we're going to get you on these, you know, a couple hundred milligrams of melatonin a night. It's really going to help you heal quicker. And it's part of our stem cell protocol. And, uh, so he goes out in the boat all day and the guy's like, I could not believe he, he basically browned, like not even burned. And he, he was pale. So what, what I get to wrap my head around and what I think is fascinating is this is a visual of what you're seeing on the outside. So you're seeing your skin be protected, right? Melatonin, you think these UV rays are coming and they're hitting your skin. That's stressful. Your body has to buffer that stress. There's cytokines, there's inflammation happening. There's a war at a cellular level with your body trying to protect itself from these harmful UV rays. And melatonin is there to the rescue, it's protecting. So we can see that, we can see how that's working, but when you can't see what's happening with your gut. You can feel it eventually if you're if you do it for you know a long enough period of time to to get the benefit. Um, but it's really it's really awesome to actually visually see how 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 amazing melatonin can protect you in that way. That's really interesting. I always uh, recommend to people to take astaxanthin and a lot of chaga tea. Because mm, I'm mm-hmm. a huge sun worshiper. I mean, I sit out of the sun all day long. I love it. People, when I moved to Texas, everyone's like, oh man, you're going to hate it. It's really hot and sunny. I'm like, uh, uh-huh. why would you live anywhere that's uh-huh. not hot and sunny? Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd never, I never get burned, yeah. I, you know, just solar, solar callus. But that's, nice. that's a really good one to know. Cause I always recommend people, you know, safely get a lot of sun exposure, but yeah. people that are really fair skinned, the freckly uh, redheaded mm-hmm. types, especially have a difficult time with it. It takes them a long time to build up that callus, you know? I love chaga tea. Ah, oh, me too. Yeah. I use it, it every day. It's the base of all my coffee drinks mm-hmm. and elixirs and stuff. I Absolutely. just keep it in a glass pot and just anytime I heat water, it's chaga tea mm-hmm. until it stops being dark brown. Chaga tea has got some great antiviral properties to it, but uh, you know, it also helps to detoxify uh, fluoride out of the pineal and some really? calcium in the pineal. Oh yeah. What? Maybe that's why I'm so spiritually away. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the things actually I was going to ask you about. Uh, but before we, before we get into that, um, why do you think, uh, or do you know why melatonin seems to dramatically decrease in our endogenous production as we get older? I was looking at that graph in your book and it's like, when you're a little kid, you're way up here. And by the time you're 70, I mean, you almost mm. don't have any, it's crazy. Is it just 
part of the aging process and nature trying to weed out the old folks or what? Well, I think there's going to be outliers to that. Um, certainly there's a lot of industrial and cultural reasons that we can talk about that are going to really squash your melatonin production. Um, it would be interesting to go back a thousand years and actually test melatonin with, with some of the people without all these, you know, toxins and light pollution and, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, um, uh, it, it seems to be that, you know, it, it's a glandular decline, you know, and so the pineal loses function, you know, over time. Um, you know, certainly I think it's multifactorial and there's not one smoking gun that's, that's causing that. But the aging process, you know, you know, we're not meant to live, you know, a thousand years, you know, it's unfortunately. So we have a life, a, a lifespan and, Part of that is that our body is wearing out. And so the pineal is, is going to decline. And so the, if you look at that graft, it does drastically drop off, especially right, you know, around age 40. So, um, I think everyone wants to really ask themselves, you know, uh, do they want to, are they okay with that? You know, cause even if there's no other confounders, like for instance, if you're staring at your computer screen or you've got your lights on at your house you're inhibiting melatonin and your circadian rhythm. Um, if you've got light in your bedroom, um, you know, there's, there's EMF, you know, those rays actually go into your skull and your pineal senses those. That, that's what they found. So the non, yeah, we, in our first phone call, you mentioned this. So, okay. On the, on the light spectrum, you have visible light, right? And so yeah. if that, if that light is in the spectrum of green or blue, it shuts down your melatonin production and starts you making cortisol, right? And so one would think, well, all I need to do is just at night put on my blue blocking glasses and have red or orange bulbs in the house. But you were saying something about how beyond the visible spectrum of light, you have EMF, mm -hmm. like RF radiation in the invisible spectrum of light, but still it, it is part of the spectrum. We just can't see it. So mm -hmm. you're saying that that actually passes through your tissue and your skull and your pineal gland perceives EMF as light and it suppresses melatonin production in the same way? Yeah, it triggers the same response that um, daylight would have on your eyes. What? Mm -hmm. Dude. So turn off your Wi-Fi router at night. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's easy to do, right? Yeah. And what I did is I painted my bedroom with this um, carbon paint. Same. I, I did it when I, when I was remodeling it. So even before the flooring went in. You know, so yeah. it's hard to actually use um, a, 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 a mobile phone in my room, my bedroom. But that's really the most important place. You know, you, you want to get your 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 you know Bluetooth and Wi-Fi enabled devices out of your bedroom. Last night I fell asleep with my Aura ring, and I forgot to disable the Bluetooth. I hate when I do that because uh, I sleep with my hand right under my head, okay. usually like under the pillow. Uh -huh. I woke up, I was like, ah, oh, goddamn it! Because if you get an EMF me, I mean, I love the Aura ring; it's great. I have them in yeah. my online store. Mm -hmm. But if you get an EMF, mm -hmm. an RF meter, that that thing puts off a lot. Mm -hmm. As do all the these great wearables. So many of these great biohacking. Um, technologies, you know, you have the connectivity wirelessly, but you got to really remember to turn the the Bluetooth feature off. Yeah, when I when I put my phone on airplane, it disables Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Does it not do that on your phone? It does. Yeah, but I'm talking about 
And I have the phone on airplane all the time when I'm sleeping, but I'm just talking about like the aura ring or that thing, the happy that I had around my neck mm-hmm. earlier, which is super cool. Uh, so many of these different devices, the Apollo, it's a really great little mood regulating uh, vibrational therapy you wear on your wrist. And now they're getting smart and they make it so that you turn on the Bluetooth on your phone, you connect to it, you set the program that you want to run or you turn your ring on so it's going to sense your sleep, but then you can turn the Bluetooth off on the device. Mm. Because when you turn the Bluetooth off on your phone, the device is still emitting it. So you have to go in the app? Yeah, you got it. Like in the Aura Ring, before I go to sleep, I just open the Aura Ring app and I disable the Bluetooth. So it's still tracking my sleep in the HRV. I didn't know this. Yeah, man, those things emit okay. crazy amount of Bluetooth. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. So there you go. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. <laughs> Good but, thing I'm taking all the melatonin. Right? Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh, um, how would I be so surviving? I, yeah. So I think that's <laughs> the what you alluded to earlier is really interesting about the EMF, and I'm totally on board with mm-hmm. that. When we go to my house today, I'll show you. I'm so proud of all. I finally bought a place, so it was mm-hmm. worth it to do all of the shielding. It was it was expensive, you know. I mean, yeah. it was. A pretty big undertaking, but yeah, the bedroom's just a total Faraday I've cage. Got this, I've got this um, silver uh, canopy over oh, my bed yeah, as yeah. well, which you know it's it's cool, but it's it's a little stuffy under there. Like sometimes I can sleep under it. Yeah, but it, there's not the airflow that I really. I like. was concerned about that. I was looking into that some time ago, and I thought, I don't know, is it going to get kind of yeah, is it going to get sweaty in there? You know, it's it's you know it's romantic though. You know, <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend absolutely loves this. Thing. I bet. <laughs> you know, it's I really, mean, that's the thing. It's the, sexy. The shielding fabric, it, uh, that uh, sheer kind of uh, fabric, it, it doesn't look ugly. That's the funny thing. I mean, it, it looks kind of like a like a, a, a lace or like a mosquito net almost, yeah, you know, it's so sheer. it's, it's not yeah. terribly offensive looking like no. some of the silver shielding fabrics and right. stuff. No. The stuff I put on my floor, it looks like, um, it basically looks like tinfoil fabric, you mm. know, you would, there's not a lot of applications you could mm. aesthetically use that with and not have it interrupt your, your vibe. Mm. Um, okay. So back to the, the melatonin, I'm really curious because you and I are both fans of Joe Dispenza. I know you just went to one of his workshops recently. I've been to a couple of them. I'm going to go back, I think, in January to Marco Island with my dad and, and uh, the fiance again. By the nice. way, I don't know I'm if you're going to go I'm going in September. That. Oh, There's you are? In advanced. Yeah. In Marco Island? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know about that. I was going to yeah, I was gonna mention it to you. I, I thought you'd already done the advanced one. I have. Okay. But, I, dude, I could go to one of those every month. Like, I love them. <sighs> um, maybe I can get you in. I got some contacts. Hey, let me know. All right. Let me know. Yeah. I interviewed Joe and I can't even get myself in, you know? I, I know. I, I heard, I listened he's a well, to he's a well, was a great interview. By oh, the way. thanks man. Yeah, he's, really he's a well-insulated guy, you know, he's yeah. got his, which I honor. Um, but anyway, one thing I thought that was really interesting in the model that he created was when he breaks down the pineal gland and the other neurotransmitters, mm-hmm. as you alluded to earlier with, I think it was first uh, tryptophan, then serotonin, or I guess melatonin, then tryptophan. Would you break that down? serotonin, then melatonin. Oh, okay. And then at what point does endogenous dimethyltryptamine or DMT come into the equation? That that can be made from um, serotonin. Okay. Yeah, instead of going into melatonin, it can go into uh, DMT. And did you, um, did his hypothesis or model around using these breath exercises to put pressure on the pineal gland to cause it to excrete more of that stuff. Did that make sense to you? Cause I've had some super psychedelic oh, yeah. experiences mm-hmm. specifically in his retreats, I think because of the entrainment of the 
unified field of consciousness within mm-hmm. there. I don't go that deep on my own. Yeah. Uh, but man, some heavy breath work and really doing those yoga mm-hmm. holds. I mean, you can really go pretty I, far out. I agree. And I have, I, you know, since I've did the, uh, the, uh, the seminar with, with Joe, I've been practicing, you know, more every morning. And I think that, uh, he's come up with some just genius applications. I've added some of my own twist to it. Um, there's a, beautiful uh human being that i that i follow his name's michael rice and he's a naturopath and he's been teaching something called still point breathing and deep aramaic forgiveness work i want to introduce you to him i think your listeners would probably love to hear his story but he basically um uh was uh an ordained deacon for the catholic church and then he he began to study the original aramaic bible which he started to realize really wasn't anything like the Bible that we, that we see at the church now. And it was more like Buddhism is what Yeshua, which is Jesus's real name had been teaching. And so he began to um, teach some of these uh, principles that he learned from that original book. And one of them was that, uh, that Yeshua had spoken um, much about using the breath and that it's the veil. Oh, word. Yeah. Wow. And so he, he feels that, um, that, that Yeshua would be sitting around with his disciples and they weren't eating bread or drinking wine. He says they were doing breath work. (laughs) And, um, and so, uh, he, he came up with something called still point breathing. And so what I did is I've combined his still point breathing with the dispensa breath, which I'll, I'd love to show you. Um, maybe we'll do it t- later tonight. Absolutely. And I, I've been able to get to some gamma experiences that have been just mind blowing. Really? Yeah. Well, that was the other thing that really blew me away at the couple uh, dispensa retreats is how they have, they didn't have it at the last one because of COVID stuff, but at the first one in uh, Palm Springs, he had this team of scientists in the back of the room. I mean, there was a huge section of the room is all devoted to quantification Mm -hmm. and they were doing the QEGs on people. Yeah. And during some of those longer meditations, I mean, he'd have three or four people that were popping into high gamma, I think a couple hundred standard deviations outside of normal. I mean, super deep consciousness spaces that that I I don't know that anything. Dr. Patel, who is, so Dr. Patel was the, was the NASA scientist that was doing all the research for um, the twins. So one twin went into space, the other one stayed here and they're trying to figure out like what the impact of space travel would have on uh, a human body. And so they were identical twins. So this same scientist is running the, the, the research for Joe Dispenza. Ah, okay. And so Hillary, my friend, um, she's, uh, really in charge of that as well. And, um, and so Dr. Patel actually came for his first time to a Dispenza seminar, and he'd been doing all this amazing research and proving these amazing, which we can get into if you want. Um, and, and he actually went up there for a couple of hours and talked about his, um, his research and was showing a number of slides. Um, and it, for him, I, what I'm hearing from the inner circle of the, in the Dispenza group is that um, this has taken Patel to the next level because he finally actually got it, you know, and he is now like seeing it from, you know, there's a saying that I like uh, recently read. It says, um, the proof is not in the pudding. The proof is in tasting the pudding. Oh, I like that. (laughs) I like that. Well, I I think that's, what's so cool about what Joe's up to is he really is, he's bringing in scientists, right? He's bringing in 
viable people that are working within the confines of rigorous study and Mm -hmm. not just a bunch of hippies going like, oh, I saw some colors, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like he's using these ancient yogic techniques and kind of rebranding them. And, you know, I mean, doing so respectfully, uh, I don't think he's like appropriating those, but he found things that felt good and started, you know, building his own model. But it's the research to me that's really interesting, Mm -hmm. especially when you see a doctor or scientist come up on stage and go, yeah, we have no way to explain this. Like what we just saw in the back of the room, this one guy did this, this lady did that. And it's just, you know, the spontaneous healings and the coherence healings where someone's got MS or cancer. I mean, things that they're just, there's no possible way that they could be healed and they are. And it's mm-hmm. it's relatively common, you know? I mean, it's not guaranteed for every person, right? But I think that stuff's just well, this so might, fascinating. This might really sound crazy to people listening to this, right? Because when I first started to wrap my head around it, it was very difficult to really take it on. But the there's a there's a field that is in essence gravitational field, and this is called the the quantum field or the uh, morphogenic field uh, or even the field. Um, everything that's physical is emanating from that field, and so. Um, the way I understand it is that the the world we're living in is physical. And so you have everything's linear, right? So there's unlimited time and space where in this other <laughs> field, in the field, if you take everything linear and you turn it so it's, you know, it's in one moment, right? So it's unlimited time that's all happening in one now moment. And that's that's really what I feel we're touching into when we're doing plant medicine you know, or we're, um, we're having these amazing experiences in our meditation is we're actually experiencing that oneness, that complete, like, like it, it's just this expansiveness, right? And so it's that now moment that's just infinite time. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we talk about it, I go there, you know, it's so beautiful. I was curious about um, going back to melatonin with Joe's work and that, you know, cascade of, are those neurotransmitters? Am I calling them the right thing? The tryptophan and serotonin, what are those, what are those compounds called? Serotonin is a, is a neurotransmitter. Okay. Um, Yeah. So in the cascade of those neurotransmitters where the metabolites of each one can create something else. And you said one of them can split off and become melatonin or it can split off and become DMT, do you see any uh, benefit to high-dose melatonin assisting in that process, or is it too far down the metabolite change to give you more DMT? You get what I'm where I'm going with this? Yeah. Like, if you're saturated with melatonin, is that going to help you to more readily produce your own endogenous dimethyltryptamine? <laughs> or are they already on two different paths, and they don't impact at that point on that chain? You know, it's, it's tough. It's not a black or white, you know, answer to that. Um, I know that if, when you look at the essence of, uh, achieving these states that, uh, I think a lot of people want to achieve where you're feeling one and you, uh, you have this experience, uh, that we might call a, um, uh, you know, a, a, a magical moment, right? Um, that it's a it's a very powerful parasympathetic state that you have to be in, and melatonin is going to be a, the primary activator of the parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, melatonin is the primary supporter to the vagus nerve, 
So your entire parasympathetic nervous system hinges on melatonin. Oh, okay. And this is why as we get older and we have less melatonin, we have, there's, it's harder for us to focus on things, you know, things become more excitable. You know, you see a lot of degenerative neurologic disorders, you know, people are there, there's too much movement, right? They've got tremor. Um, you know, people are kind of agitated, right? You know, they're not calm and centered and relaxed, you know, uh, depression, you know, anxiety, a lot of these things can follow with poor neurological function, which ultimately is a result of not just low melatonin levels, but the need for this parasympathetic nervous system to be there. So by supporting the parasympathetic nervous system with higher doses of melatonin or even normal doses of melatonin have been shown to be effective. Um, I, we haven't really gotten into the super physiological doses yeah, yeah. of melatonin yet, but yeah. so just to give the listeners kind of an idea, um, two or three milligrams is kind of a typical dose that, that doctors will prescribe. Um, what they found is that there's no toxic level to melatonin. They've literally given melatonin the doses of like a hundred thousand milligrams and they just, there's no toxic level. Wow. That's crazy. So do you, you, do you ever wake up again? <laughs> I can see these mice laid out for six months sleeping in yeah. hibernation, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, um, yeah, so they, they, there's no toxic level. They can't see that there's any damage to these animals whatsoever as high as they could possibly go. And then it doesn't shut. It's one of the few hormones that doesn't shut down with your, if you take it um, exogenously. I was going to ask you about you that. You don't shut down your endogenous. So you have exogenous taking from outside and then you have endogenous, which is what you make from your inside. So the exogenous typically shuts down endogenous. So like testosterone right. is a good example. You got to be careful because if you take too much, you know, you're not supporting pr your, the production um, growth hormones, another good one. That's why the peptides are such a better option than taking regular growth hormone. You take like um, ipamorelin or um, CJC or something like that, you know, you're stimulating your own production of growth hormone, right? Are those peptides, uh, just to divert for a second, are those peptides then precursors to those hormones? Like to HGH, for example, is that kind of how those those no, they, they stimulate the gland to produce ah, it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I started taking your, what are your suppositories? Like 400 milligrams or 200? I forget. So the, the, we have a, a Sandman that's 200 milligrams. Okay. And then it, we have it in a liposomal so you can dose whatever you want right. with, with the syringe. Right. Right. And then we have Super Sandman in both a suppository and the. <laughs> That's an ass kicker, that one. No <laughs> pun intended. Um, and is that one 400? That's 425. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. the ones that, that I have. Um, and I was kind of concerned about that. I'm like, I don't know if I'm hitting my body with this much melatonin, then is it going to send the signal to my body to go, oh, we don't need to make that anymore. So that's really mm. good to know. Yeah. Um, one thing I've noticed with the Super Sandman is. I've experimented with it, with it a few times. It's not something I do all the time because I'll tend to be a little groggy the next morning and the next day. And I've noticed that it works best if I take it, like if I was going to take melatonin to mm. sleep, say mm -hmm. I want to fall asleep at 11, I'll do it at like 1030, right? And so I was kind of doing it that way. And mm. then 9 a.m. the next day, I'm still kind of like, I mean, great for meditating because mm -hmm. I'm still in that mm -hmm. relaxed place, but I can't just get up and go, feel yeah. a little foggy. So... I've had to learn to sort of titrate that mm -hmm. 
way earlier, like take it at six. And then all of a sudden I'm like sleepy at nine mm -hmm. and I can reset my circadian rhythm. So, so it's beautiful. You figured that on your own because that would be some of the coaching we might do for people that would reach out with challenges. Um, melatonin with 80% of the population, unless there's darkness, won't cause sleepiness. So you can dose much earlier with melatonin. So you're, you're a slow metabolizer of melatonin. Dude, you know what? I think I'm a slow metabolizer of everything. I was thinking yeah. about this yesterday because anytime I do a ceremony, everyone's leaving and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still peaking. in it, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> almost every time I do any kind of medicine, uh -huh. uh, everyone's like gathering around the sharing circle and I'm laying there like, what the hell? Like I'm nowhere near done. Um, mm -hmm. So I must just be <laughs> kind of like that in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely noticed that. So, so, so what, but, what that means is that you can dose melatonin during the day. Okay. And so you might ask, why would one want to dose during the day? Um, I did an internship with Frank Schallenberger, who's kind of considered one of the first um, alternative, you know, yeah, badass medical guy. doctors. Yeah. You know, and he brought ozone to the U.S. He's an amazing man. Um, he's out in Reno, Nevada. You ever get a chance to go out yeah, there? Yeah, no, see I actually him? hit him up on uh, on his website because I wanted to interview him, and I haven't heard back. So, oh, okay. Uh, let, me, let me try to put a word in. To, you know, he's yeah. so busy right now. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, he's he's been on my list for a long time. I ended up doing a show recently about uh -huh. ozone with uh, Ian Mitchell, so I feel like I covered the topic. But I mean, he's he's like the godfather of ozone. Yeah. You know, like you're going to talk about it at depth. He's the guy. So he finally got around to reading the book, and he gave me a beautiful quote you know, but it took a while. He's like, I'm so busy. I'll get back to you. But then I was like a week or two ago, I got this beautiful email with like, you know, all these accolades for the books. And so he was one of the people that really, um, uh, prom uh prompted my interest in melatonin. Cause I went out there and in the con in the process of following him and watching him work with patients, I was seeing him dosing people with, um, 200 milligrams of melatonin sometimes during the day and the night, most of, which were during the day, I'm sorry, during the night, but with cancer patients, you know, he seemed to have, um, a bias if it was cancer or if it was degenerative neurologic disease, like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or, you know, these, uh, these other degenerative diseases of the brain that it's good to do during the day because you want that support, you know, 24 seven. And so, um, we have a, we have a melatonin called Sandman soul. And so we do have people that use it during the day as well. And you get used to it. You know, at first, I think even with the nighttime, even with me personally, I noticed that I was a little groggy in the morning, but after taking it a few times, you know, I noticed that I, I wasn't, and you know, a really interesting thing. And this, this is in my book as well. We talk about how melatonin actually triggers detox of heavy metals out of your brain. Oh, word? It's a strong chelator. So I think some people are going through a detox uh, initially. Oh, interesting. So they might feel a little so groggy you get a little and Herxheimer a little off reaction. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. So if you were to take the high dose melatonin during the day and you're exposed to natural full spectrum daylight with blue in it, then it, I'm assuming you'd still get some of those anti inflammatory and other positive effects of it, but just the sleepiness part is much less likely to kick in because your optic nerve still thinks it's daytime. Yeah. I mean, you might feel a little like you had just a, a little bit of cob or something like that. So there might be like kind of a mellowing aspect to it. 
Um, I honestly, I haven't even, I've never tried it. I've not tried the dose, which is surprising. I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm like the, um, you know, I'm all, I, I look at Ben Greenfield. I'm like, man, I, we're so much alike because I'm a crazy biohacker and practicing all these things on myself. And Well, I kind of take things often, uh, you know, obviously I'm not a doctor, but I do play one sometimes on the <laughs> podcast. But I like to kind of push things to the extreme just because it's in my nature and I just want to feel everything. I'm just such a sensitive person. I just want to have the full rich experience of something, but also I'll kind of stack a bunch of things and try a bunch of things and go pretty hard because I want to inform people that listen to the podcast or follow me on social media. Like sometimes a cautionary tale of like, well, I tried it this way and mm-hmm. you know, go easy. Like with that drink, I gave you feel free. Mm-hmm. a great little kava and uh, and kratom drink. Mm-hmm. I could probably pound two of those and just go about my day. Um, but some people take half of one and they're like, whoa, I feel very relaxed. So yeah. now I know to tell people, you know, like I can take a couple and it's safe. Mm-hmm. However, start slow and titrate because everyone's biology is so different the way mm-hmm. we respond to these things. Yeah, uh, With the melatonin, if one wanted, because I think you uh, put that in your jet lag pack, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, the Sandman. The Travel Hacker The kit. Travel Hacker yeah. Kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if one wanted to, like, I, I feel like I'm always wanting to do to reset my circadian rhythm so I can get up and sun gaze. Uh-huh. I fell out of it here because it was really cloudy for a while. Now I've got a perfect view of the west or is that the east, sorry. Uh-huh. Um, and I can watch the sunrise right on the horizon, but I can't get up that early. I'm sleeping into like 8, 8.30 most days. So if one wanted to do a hard reset, like when they're traveling and you really wanted the melatonin to give you that sleep effect, you could then like put on blue blocking glasses, mm-hmm. like at the time you want to fall asleep, yep. take that melatonin, mm-hmm. you know, at 5 PM or something, if you yep. were switching time zones and just mm-hmm. knock yourself out and get up the next day and have a fresh start. Have you found that to be useful in that way? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I introduced it to Ben Greenfield because I know he traveled a lot, but it, it's interesting. It was kind of right before COVID hit. Um, so he finally got around to utilizing it. He calls it the melatonin sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, it is fantastic for resetting yourself. I mean, I I travel to Hawaii regularly. My dad and sister still live out there all the from way from Florida. Florida. That's, that's a lot of change. It's a lot of change. So going there is the problem. Coming back, well, actually coming back's worse, but, um, you know, you get, you, you, you don't have a lot of time there. You know, when you go to, when you go on a trip, you want to maximize your, your time. So, um, if you can get there and then you take, uh, a, a, a super physiological dose of melatonin, um, that night you wake up, you, you sleep like a baby. You're not waking up. Like for instance, in Hawaii, I would wake up at like one in the morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. Then you're screwed. So then by like, you know, two or three in the afternoon, their time, it's like, you can barely keep your eyes open. Right. But if you can just hammer it that first day, you stay up until, you know, sleeping time, you know, maybe you have to use a little caffeine or something to do it. And then you hit it with the melatonin. The other trick that I discovered, which is in the travel hacker kit is really high dose CBD suppositories. Yep. I used those on my last trip. It's called Neurodial. And it's a 300 milligram suppository. And I found that the neuroprotection that, 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 that the CBD administered in that, you don't get groggy. It's interesting because of the route of delivery. You don't get that groggy feeling like you, you would with like a full spectrum um, hemp extract orally. 
but it, it seems to provide some some support for electromagnetic stress that you get a lot of when you're traveling. And I don't know, just the, the stress of traveling, I guess, you know, and it used to be that there was such bad air quality as well in the plane that I, I, I tested that to why I felt terrible when I would travel places. But since COVID, I think they've cleaned that up a little bit. And so that's where we had the, the glutistat nasal spray. And, you know, you would do this antimicrobial mist into the nose. So those three products kind of make up the uh, travel hacker kit. Well, the other day, uh, well, the last week, rather, uh, Alice and I flew to Indiana, which isn't terribly far from here, but there's no direct flight because we're going to a small ass town. So we had to go through Atlanta on the way there. And then we went through Detroit on the way back. Flight was delayed. It still ends up being a freaking 12 hour day from door to door. You know, mm -hmm. it's like almost anytime you fly and flying is my arch nemesis. I mean, nothing wrecks me like flying, even mm -hmm. if I don't really change time zones. There's just something about the pressure change. Mm -hmm. I'm the canary in the coal mine. Oh, and yeah, I too. fly with Allison and she's fine. She's like, cool, let's go out to dinner. I'm like, are you crazy? I need to go take a nap. I mean, I am devastated after mm -hmm. I fly. Um, but on this last trip, I did the NAD suppository. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was I was filled up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be yeah. too graphic, folks, but you know, I made sure there was room. Uh, did the NAD, the uh, CBD uh -huh. one, the neurodial. yeah, the neurodial, and the uh, methyl max. I think it's called. Okay. Yeah. All oh, those, that's a good one. All those methylated B yeah. vitamins and stuff. Yeah. Um, before I flew. And dude, I landed and I actually felt normal. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. I remember you text me. I was like, it was yeah. badass. I'm yeah. like, finally, after all these years, and I've been interviewing brilliant people for six years. I mean, I've been into all of this stuff that's now called biohacking for almost 25 years. I've done hyperbaric before and after I fly. I mean, a few things help the hyperbaric, the biocharger, uh, a lot of the big heavy hitting tools, ozone. I mean, I do all the things, but. I think the secret there is that while you're actually traveling, you're getting that slow mm, drip of those nutrients. Yeah. yeah. And there's just something about that combination. It was mm -hmm. just incredible. Like, honestly, I would never travel without having those. It's, I hear you. It made a massive difference. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. So I'm thank you for coming up with those. Yeah. Super, super helpful. Yeah, badass. Um, I'm glad I got to tell you that. I forgot that I'd sent you that text. Uh, let me see what else I wanted to ask you here. Just a couple things. Do, 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 do. Okay, we covered the melatonin stuff pretty good. Um, I want to ask you about going back to the pineal gland. And I asked Dispenza this, and he was like, 100%, it's true. I also asked uh, Jack Cruz, a um, neurosurgeon who's dissected and worked on a lot of brains, and I asked both of them, I said, is this calcification of the pineal mm. gland a real thing? Or is it just kind of some new age? Yeah, no, meme, it's real. Right. And and Jack told me, he said, Oh, I've I've been in a lot of brains and for mm -hmm. sure it's there. And then Dispenza said, he said, Yeah, it's true, but it's not like you would think about calcification like lime scale on your faucet, mm -hmm. really hard calcification. Mm -hmm. He said it's more like a milky, mm -hmm. chalky yeah. kind of stuff that covers it up, but it does inhibit the electromagnetic effect that he's of course going after with those meditations mm -hmm. so you agree that it exists and you mentioned chaga as something that is um, known to help uh, eliminate that do you know of any other things that that really decalcify that pineal gland i've heard like um shilaji which i mm -hmm. take every day yeah. i've heard some yeah. things like that is there any data to support any of those things and do you have any other suggestions on ways we can keep that gland 
sparkly clean. You know, I, so yeah, I mean, it's a normal variant in 80% of the population. In fact, in, in radiographic uh, evaluations, you know, they look for that as a landmark because it's so common. Um, so it, it's real. And, um, you know, there needs to be more research into it. You know, there just, there's not a, there's not a lot of data for me to really, um, pull from as far as whether some of these, um, these different nutrient applications really to what effect they're, they're, they're having. But I do know shallow sheets, a good, uh, uh, nutrient for that. Iodine, uh, can be really helpful to support the, uh, pineal, um, um, turmeric and curcumin can be a really good uh, nutrient for the pineal. You've got some, you put those in some of the suppositories, don't you? Mm-hmm. And yeah. CoQ10 and some of those other really powerful antioxidants. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, those are chagas, you know, a good one. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, those are the main, the main ones that, you know, those are, those are listed in the book as well. We have a whole um, chapter on pineal where we get into a lot of the kind of ethereal uh, explanations that we were talking about with some of Dispenza's work. And we, we talk about some of the research and some of the results that they had in the research in this chapter. I mean, I really went, when I did the, the pineal chapter in the melatonin miracle molecule, um, I really dove deep into some of our world, you know, and I, th- I know the book outside of that is very scientific where besides breaking down um, melatonin for people so that they can understand it. Like what we talked about with the, the energy production in the mitochondria. Um, I also introduced a lot of naturopathic ideas where, you know, if it's the gut section, you know, it's like how to use other, uh, uh, methods besides melatonin. So applic- um, different applications of, of, uh, of, of natural medicine with ozone and with other types of fasting. And we talk a lot about fasting quite a bit. So I think it's, it's, it's a great book and the, the, um, the, the pineal and the, the connection to melatonin and the connection with spirit, it, it, it just feels like it's been such a blessing for me to be given this project. And it was such almost an accident, but not so much of an accident. Right. So I found myself in, in, uh, Frank Schallenberger's clinic where he's prescribing these large amounts of melatonin. And I was a few years post uh, Lyme recovery and I was still having a lot of brain fog and word finding. And my brain just didn't work well, you know, and, and uh, I really wanted to, um, to get that back. And I feel today that my brain works way better than it did at any other point in my life. Like not only did I get back, but I've overshot which yeah, I'm happy to that's say. That's been my experience too. Uh, with the pineal gland and thinking about things that would decalcify it, and 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 I agree, I haven't seen any empirical evidence that would support that. I mean, you'd have to like do an MRI on someone with a heavily calcified pineal gland, get them on Shilajit for a number of weeks, and then do another one and see if they made no other interventions if that worked. But with Shilajit, something that's always made sense to me is the humic and fulvic acid content in it. Mm-hmm. And I bet if you took like some shilajit tea and mm-hmm. put it in a, a glass pot that had a lot of lime scale on it, it would probably remove it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could do apple cider vinegar, it does that same thing. I bet there's something to that. But I wonder if 
doing the exercises like Dispenza teaches that, these yoga, that's what was uh, yeah. these squeezes mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm wondering if that's going to kind of move the fluid around in there and perhaps even get rid of some of it too. And maybe why that maybe that's the basis of some of those practices to begin with. You know, you're you're bringing back so K2 is another vitamin that's really good with you know preventing calcification deposits, and that's also in my book as far as something that you would want to look at to decalcify the pineal. Right. But you know, I'm thinking about the way that we approach, uh, say for instance, Alzheimer's, like if I have an Alzheimer's patient that comes in, I'm thinking of something called autophagy, which is self-eating. And I, have you had a lot of people talk about fasting and autophagy I've on your show? I've got shows? a show next week coming out, which will already be out by this time on this uh, substance called spermidine, okay, which right. is really present in, um, in natto, which is, as you know, I'm sure is really high in K2, but spermidine, one of the main things it does is it speeds up autophagy. It mm. makes autophagy much more abundant in your body. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we will have talked about that uh, to some degree. So, so when you look at proteins that build up in the brain, you know, you have alpha-synuclein, which in Parkinson's, you got beta amyloid in, in um, Alzheimer's and you got tau and traumatic brain injury. So these are proteins that accumulate in the brain. And so if you want to get those out of the brain, you have to look at things like autophagy and you have to look at something called the glymphatic system. And the glymphatic system is the gutter system of the brain that kind of basically um, is like your lymphatic system. It gets rid of waste. And the glymphatic system in the brain is primarily activated by deep sleep, which is primarily through melatonin. And this is another reason why a lot of neurological uh, conditions are improved with a better sleep. So I think about your question on the pineal and I think about Dispenza's breath and I'm thinking in the same lines that you're loosening things up, you're kind of mobilizing things, but then you're, you're able flushing them out, you know, with the breath. So I do think that, um, that it's probably a better approach to look at a multifactorial kind of um, application with that. Yeah. Love it. Uh, when one's going to do the suppositories and specifically the ones that are really heavy in antioxidants, um, with the ones that have the quercetin and CoQ10 and turmeric and things like that. Um, I've always been curious about the timing of oxidative therapies, like doing rectal ozone or doing hyperbaric and how one would, and not just rectal antioxidants, but if you're doing anything that's strongly antioxidant how would you time that with pro oxidative if that's the right word therapies you know what i'm getting mm-hmm, at so mm-hmm. like if you're going to do something like ozone and hbot you probably don't want to take antioxidants before you do that because you're kind of butting heads with your internal system does anything come to mind yeah, in oh, terms of the, oh, yeah. how oh, you yeah. would stagger those and, and this is this is an interesting conversation i have with some of my md doctor buddies you know that some people are just so overly focused on antioxidants, like you got to get more antioxidants. Well, oxidation is just as important, right? So oxidation is, um, triggers a lot of amazing uh, gene expressions that lead to us producing more mitochondria and better energy production. And when we get large doses of oxidation, like what you would get with say, like, um, the rejuvenox protocol that we do in my clinic, where it's a, it's a, it's a high dose um, vitamin IV with ozone, um, it's, it's, it's more than what you would get naturally. Um, and this is something that is normally higher during the day. Cause you think that we're working, we're exercising, we're moving around, we're creating oxidation. So 
I would say that you want to let that rip during the day. You don't want to take antioxidants during the day, every day. Um, in, in the evening time is when you would preferably take an antioxidant. So if a patient was coming into our clinic, you know, maybe they had chronic Epstein-Barr or something like that, and we're running this Rejuvenox high-dose uh, um, ozone, we would not want them to take antioxidants before they come in. Um, and by the way, oxidation also promotes autophagy. So if people are doing fasting, they're doing intermittent fasting, you don't want to take antioxidants while you're fasting. You want to let that oxidation kick in because it's accentuating the, 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 the main goal when you're fasting is you're trying to stimulate the body to clean and repair, uh, clean and, repair and recycle. Um, and so uh, this system is not, um, is not activated with many people in our society because we're constantly snacking or eating all the time. So it's the same thing with oxidation. You know, we want that oxidation to hit. We want it to be a strong signaling because that's where the body starts to go in and, and repair its own endogenous antioxidant buffering system. Got it. And hyperbaric oxygen therapy would be oxidative too, right? Like ozone would be? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always trying to tie, you know, it's like you do the whole morning routine. I think I asked Ian Mitchell about this. I'm like, all right, so if I do the hyperbaric and then I'm going to do some, uh, cause I do a lot of hydrogen. I do these, these, uh, hydro shot drinks. Uh -huh. And then I also have a hydrogen gas inhaler, which I yeah. use, which is very antioxidant. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to put together with him, like if I do hyperbaric and I do the biocharger, take a sauna, take an ice bath and all these things that are pretty powerful interventions in and of themselves. And we were kind of going back and forth on how you would want to stack those. And I think we ended up that you'd get some oxidative stress from the hyperbaric. So you do the ice bath after mm -hmm. that, yeah. right? Uh -huh. uh, and then I think it was like sauna goes either way after as well, because that hormetic stress mm -hmm. response. Uh, I don't know that we ever worked in where the hydrogen would come in, but it's antioxidant. So I'm assuming you do that, you would do that later yeah. after the hyperbaric. So Sounds it's just right. like with some of this stuff, I'm a bit of a cowboy and I just do everything, but I think it, it, in the service of the audience and people who experiment with this stuff, the timing of them and the sequencing is, is important, not only to get the maximum benefit, but you could be actually stressing the body more than you want to by giving it this boomerang effect of antioxidant, pro-oxidant, boing, 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 back and forth. You Have know? you considered um, when to dose NAD? No, I just do it all the time. <laughs> oh. Good question. When would be a good time within that framework to dose NAD? I do it in the morning typically. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did okay. one today and then some more of your the, the oral version, the liposomal. So um, very few people know this, but NAD supports your cells, right? I mean, that's what it does. And so there are certain types of cells that we actually want to get rid of when we're fasting. And we want autophagy to go and clear these types of cells. They're called senescent cells. Yeah, yeah. And so um, one of the products that we, we make, um, Lucitol, is, is part of the fast track fast, right? So we have people taking this synolytic while they're fasting to really even further and deeply go into autophagy and clean these senescent cells. Their senescent cells are basically like cells that should normally be cleaned and recycled and gotten rid of. They produce a lot of inflammation, a lot of disease, and they cause a lot of problem and hog of a lot of energy. So the challenge is, is that NAD supports all your cells 
but it also supports senescent cells. Oh, interesting. So we don't want to dose NAD wow. when we're fasting. Or, oh, you know, shit. So, so now we're starting to look at NAD kind of the same way with an antioxidant. So NAD is probably better pulsing, you know, certain times during the week, not every day. A lot of people are taking either the precursors or NAD like every day, and that's that's not going to be the best way to do it. Oh, that's interesting because I am usually fasted for the first half of the day. I'll have like a, you know, fatty elixir or something in the morning, but I'm not eating any protein or carbs or any other calories really other than fat. So I'm kind of intermittent fasting for most of the day, almost every single day. And then I'll do the NAD in the morning because I'm like, I want energy, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of doing it in the middle of a fasted state, would you say? Yeah. And so, if and I'm get- still not clear when people talk about fasting, uh-huh. if fat is fasting, I still don't get that. Cause I feel like I'm fasting if all I've had is some MCT and some butter or something in the morning. Well, you're going to, you're going to decrease the signaling for autophagy. Um, but you're going to be, you're going to be in ketosis, right? So in there's, there's going to be um, a level of signaling that your body's going to have with this autophagy and cleaning up senescent cells that's going to be regulated by the calorie intake. And primarily it's protein that really regulates this, what's called mTOR, mammalian target of rapamycin, which is, which is the whole signaling when mTOR is inhibited, then um, we, uh, we, 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 we basically are cleaning and recycling. And this is what we want when we fast. We want to inhibit mTOR. When we activate mTOR is when we're eating primarily proteins and then primarily leucine, L-leucine, which is the protein that primarily activates mTOR. So if one was going to fast, what they really want to do is they really want to hit this after the fast and really have a good refeeding phase. And so- You mean with NAD? Well, we have a product called Stemtor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some of that. So, and this you is sent me your fast, your fa- fasting, your fasting kit, kit and yeah. I just, I was like, I can't fast right now, so I just started taking them anyway. Yeah, but you know, I really well, want to do the real deal though, because yeah. the whole program laid out in there. I was like, oh, I bet this is badass because of what you're describing. Yeah. So you're you're loading NAD for a couple of days, so you can even just do like a 24 hour fast, right? So you do two days where you load NAD. And this can be done every single week for like a few months. And I've seen some real awesome changes with people with a regular, you know, I mean, some people think they're going to do a fast and they're going to change their life. It doesn't work that way. You know, you really need to make some solid changes for a period of time to really, because your body is constantly making new cells and tissues. So if you want to make quality cells and tissues, a quality organ, a quality body, you have to give it enough time for the body to, to, to repair it and um, replace it. So, um, so the 24 hour is, is really easy to do because you just do a lunch to lunch, you know? So you do two days where you're taking the um, NAD max. You do two days when you do a 24 hour fast and you're taking the Lucitol, which and is when you say synolytic. 24 hour fast, I mean, only water and maybe electrolytes, right? So you're yeah. not eating any fat. Either. Yeah. You can okay. do coffee or tea, but no cream or sugar or anything okay. with that. No butter. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, but you're still going to get you're still going to get an effect. You know, it's just, it depends on how deep you want to, you know, you want to swim in the deep end of the pool or you want to stay in the kids' right. side of the pool. God, the deep know? end, damn it. <laughs> so that's going to be kind of, it's a graduation, you know, it's like you're, 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 it's not like it's, it's all in or all out. I mean, you're still in the pool, you know, 
Um, and then the third phase of the fast track fast is where you're increasing your protein intake. I'm a big fan of essential amino acids. Um, the one that we're using right now is the perfect aminos and yeah, ben Greenfield those. has a great one called yeah. Keon aminos yeah. as well. Love those. And then, um, and then the stem tour is, uh, is got deer antler. It's got rhodiola, which is a great, um, uh, uh plant extract for, for mTOR. And, and it's got high, high dose of loose lutein and it's kind of a chocolate vanilla flavored, you know? Um, so you do that for two days. And so it's just as important to prep for the fast as it is to do the fast as it is to refeed because the refeeding is when the body's repairing new cells and tissues. So you're, you're doing this breakdown. Your microbiome, by the way, is breaking down too when you're fasting because you're, you're decreasing the, the nutrients. So those bacteria are also going through their own fasting phase. So you're gonna get a lot of um, clearing of the bad bacteria. And that's one of the upgrades that we have to the phase three is the Sandman, which is the high dose melatonin. I don't think we've actually mentioned the name of it yet. Oh, no, I did. Sandman, did we? Yeah, yeah, because we had the Sandman, what was it, <sighs> Pro Sandman, or Max? Right. Yeah. The two different that's ones. That's right, we did. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, carry on, because before I forget, I want to I want to bust a couple of these out before, yeah. I, before I forget, because um, I wanted to cover a couple of them, but, but carry on. So, so there's something called microbiome swarming. And so okay. your microbiome are on the same circadian clock as we are. Like they are, they're sun worshipers just like we are. This is why uh, one's digestion goes to hell during travel, huh? It's is part that of why? It. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah. I mean, even if you eat the, the good food, I always notice my gut just gets wrecked when I fly. And I'm like, God, I didn't eat anything weird. I don't eat airplane food. I bring my own food and the whole thing. And my gut's just like, what is happening? Yeah. I, I think you and I are really sensitive to the EMFs. You know, I think that's primarily what it is. And I also think even though they're filtering the air, the, the air quality is still poor. And you got a lot of other people that who knows they're outgassing whatever they're doing. <laughs> yeah, so. Especially nowadays, <laughs> outgassing spiked proteins, yeah, making and, me magnetic. Exactly. So, um, so this microbiome swarming actually fast, it just fascinated me because what I realized is that the primary activator for your good bacteria to proliferate and grow is melatonin. Oh, wow. And that melatonin is made in the gut and it's 400 times more in the gut than it is in the brain. And so when you're taking products like the liposomal Sandman, some of it is gonna get into the gut and these high doses, you're not just dealing with the, ner the, the nervous system and the brain and sleep, you're providing all of this melatonin because the gut has this effect and they've done studies where they've shown that when um, exogenous melatonin is provided to, to people with all these different GI problems, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, they do phenomenal, like incredible. And a lot of it has to do with, it inhibits the bad bacteria and it promotes this microbiome swarming. So let's go back to our fast. We do a 24 hour mm -hmm. fast. Well, to me, it makes a lot of sense to hit high dose melatonin after that because then you're gonna promote this microbiome swarming because you're breaking it down, but then, hey, let's build it back up just like you're doing with the rest of your body. Wow, well, that brings me to one of them. I mean, your stuff is so freaking cool. So I'm so glad I actually have some of it here and thank you for bringing some. I brought some of mine just to show, but there was one in here, ah, this one. 
the ProBio Max. Uh-huh. This stuff really got my attention because the last time I did around a functional medicine labs, I was really low in butyrate. Mm-hmm. And so I started taking a few different forms of it. Uh, one of our sponsors actually makes a great one, uh, Body Bio. It's They make like calcium butyrate and a couple other ones. And mm-hmm. I just started eating those with every meal. Gut got a lot better. And so I saw that this one has butyrate in it, but you also put um, spore-based probiotics in here, which mm-hmm. another one of our sponsors, Just Thrive, makes an oral probiotic that I love. My body loves mm-hmm. that. And I was like, oh, this one's really interesting because it's a suppository. And so you're just evading the entire GI tract and just putting it where it's going to end up hope- hopefully swarming and proliferating. Like that's the end result you want anyways. You yeah. want, you know, in your, the colon. Yeah, you want your yeah. colon to have all this bacteria. Yeah, there should be no bacteria in the small intestines. So it's it's all uh, That's where you get like thing. a SIBO kind of situation, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. Um so yeah, kudos on creating this one. And before I forget actually people listening, if you go to mitozen.com slash Luke, you can find this Zen spray, the meditation mist, and all of this stuff, and there's a discount for you over there as well. I want to make sure I mention that. That's mitozen.com slash Luke. Uh, so the ProBioMax, is there anything else on that that I missed? Well, you know, butyrate's a really interesting um, substance and your your beneficial flora produce a lot of butyrate when they're healthy and thriving. And butyrate ha- uh, seems to have a really positive effect on us uh, physically. And one of the things that butyrate does is it really helps to improve the communication between the brain and the gut. And I start oh, to think about Dispenza stuff. I, I've never even thought about <laughs> this until now, but you're, you're talking about this product. I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if like it's somehow balancing the, the energy centers and the butyrate is somehow doing some, some, some connections through just what, you know, so, from science, we know that there's a better gut brain connection, um, but it could be interesting more, more than that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to crack one of these suppositories open and not, not put it in folks. Don't worry. But, um, I just want to show people on the YouTube video, but the funny thing about butyrate is it smells like butter smell. It has butyrate in it. Right. Uh-huh. And it smells like socks, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's like, yeah, a, it doesn't smell good. <laughs> sometimes I'll open one of the, the, uh, the pro bio max and I'm like, what, who left, who took oh, their know. shoes off? I and know. I'm like, Oh no, it's on my hands. You know, it's yeah. the, I mean, it's not particularly bad. It just, it smells like butter. I mean, it smells like really good butter. Um, Okay, the NAD Max, the Sandman. And then one of the things I thought was really cool, and I'm going to, oh, the the Glutamax are kind of smaller, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not going to open one of those. I want to open one of these, and I'm just going to show people on the camera so they understand what we're talking about. Probably don't want to open a stem tour. I guess I could open a Sandman. Mm -hmm. So... While I do this, for people watching on our live streams, etc., I'm just going to show people what we're talking about here and also hopefully dissuade some of their concerns. So if my editors end up editing me into that. So this is this little bullet that is one of the suppositories that's made out of palm oil. So you can see it's just like about big as the last digit of your pinky. Not a particularly uncomfortable thing, as you said earlier. It's just Mm kind of like, whatever, you just get used to it. But I thought for some people's benefit that are like, what are they talking about? I like show and tell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always try to, like, if people have cool products, I like to bring them. Like we did one the other day with a biocharger. Yeah. We had it on in the background 
And my mics were fine, but I found out later all the live streams just were totally useless because the pulsing of the field from mm, it was so powerful. Mm. It was going like tick, 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 yeah, tick yeah, yeah. on the live streams. So these won't do that. Uh, mm. But I did want to cover the Glutamax 600. So you got 600 milligrams of glutathione in here. And then you have the quercetin and a couple other things. But you mentioned that when you had Lyme, that the um, suppositories of glutathione were really helpful to you. And these ones I just do kind of randomly at night to help with detox and mm -hmm. whatever glutathione does. But would this be a good one for someone who, you know, say like can't get to your clinic or to go work with a practitioner? And a lot of people are too sick, like my mom. I mean, I would send her out to see you, but she's not really up to getting on an airplane, you mm -hmm. know, and she's kind of hurting. Yeah. Do you think th that the glutathione are just a good general like wellness tool for someone who's not feeling well that sure. maybe isn't in a position or doesn't have the money to work with a specialized practitioner? You know, glutathione is equally as interesting um, as melatonin. You know, glutathione is one of the primary um, viral protection. Uh, it deals with viral immunity. Um, glutathione is one of the primary uh, substances that actually, it's like flypaper. It wraps around toxins, heavy metals, chemicals, pesticides, and so forth and chaperones them out of the body. Um, glutathione is an antioxidant. You know, it's an anti, it's anti-inflammatory. It's very supportive to the brain. And it's also one of um, that and uridine are the two primary sleep-promoting substances. That's what they call them, sleep-promoting oh, substances. So this would be good to do at night then. And that that's why we have glutathione. It's at 250 milligrams of glutathione in the Sandman. Oh, it's already in there. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. You know what? Now that I think about it, on one of those flights I did, I did a glutathione too. Yeah, that would help. Because I was just yeah. thinking about the the antioxidant properties mm -hmm. of the oxidative stress that you're getting while you're traveling. Yeah, huh. that's it. Cool, man. Okay, I'm almost done. I'm kind of like a kid in a candy store here. Uh, so these are the, the NAD Max, the glutathione. There were a couple other that you mentioned that we didn't really get into. And, and I've been curious about these because I've just been taking them <laughs> randomly because I just take everything to see what it does. Let me see here. Okay. And you mentioned it earlier, Lucitol and Stemtor. Mm -hmm. And the Lucitol looks to be another really potent antioxidant blend. Yeah. I originally designed Lucitol. I, I had this idea I was going to change football, right? So there's, you know, the, the movie Concussion came out with Will Smith. And, you know, I just knew so much um, from my training through the Carrick Institute, you know, with neurology on how what happens with with these head traumas is that there's a and this actually will tie into plant medicine a bit we'll we'll circle back this is really interesting oh cool so there's when the brain gets um a trauma you get a leaking of the blood brain barrier and there's things that leak into the brain and there's an activation of the primary immune system in the brain called the microglial so the microglial cells are in the brain and they're like a chihuahua with a bazooka, right? So they get pissed off and they just start blowing away because that's what they do. That's the immune system in the brain. But the challenge is they never, they don't really quiet down. Sometimes they'll keep blasting away for months and months. And that's why there can be even a, a, a subtle trauma with somebody, but they could have these consequences that can last for a long, long time. So things that quench microglial activation, in other words, something that quiets these chihuahuas up in the brain can be hugely beneficial for anybody doing any type of impact sports or if you hit your head. 
And so Lucetol is basically a collection of these very powerful, what's called polyphenols, like lutein, um, phycetin, um, sterile sp- stilbene, um, um, curcumin, quercetin, you know, all of these uh, green tea extract, they're all very powerful polyphenols, resveratrol. They have um, abilities to um, clean out senescent cells. They're senolytics as well. That's why that one's part of the fasting protocol then? So yeah, the utility with this is it's a very powerful anti-inflammatory. It's powerful to take while you're fasting. And if you have, like, if you're a hockey player or you're doing football or something like that, you'd really, I would even say, take it before you go out in the field. Oh, wow but it will stain your shorts <laughs> um, is and the, you will never get it out. <laughs> is that why that one would be useful uh, to recover from a plant medicine or, or psychedelic journey? So, yeah. So I'm not ashamed to talk about it. At, at one point I, I wanted to kind of stay on the, on the low, low end of it, but I'm actually um, an expert in a, a film coming out called psychedelics revealed. So, um, uh, we all so we much all, for that that low profile. I'm out of the closet with that. Um, so so we actually do ketamine in our office as well, uh, and we're doing it at a very high level to give people experiences as as what we were talking about in in the interview here. Um, and so when when I went and had um, a medicine journey, my first medicine journey, I was literally worthless for like two weeks. It just it was so excitatory to my brain. I mean, it was an amazing experience. I had this opening and this mystical experience and it was life-changing, but I, it was hard for me to start integrating the experience. And so for those not um, familiar with plant medicine um, and these experiences, you have these incredible insights and then it's a matter of um, working through understanding it, right? And processing and integrating that experience into your life so that you can make positive changes, right? And so the sooner you can start to integrate, the better. So I was pretty upset because I was pretty trash for two weeks and um, it's hard to work. It was hard to think. So the next time I went out to this, to this uh, particular uh, um, person that was uh, providing the medicine, who by the way, was very well-trained. I mean, you, you want to go to someone that has a good reputation. This is not something that you just go alone and, and do biohacking it in your bedroom. Definitely not. As <laughs> as cavalier as I am in my ways, I would not take that route with any psychedelics or plant medicines. I vouch for that 100%. Got to have a guide. Got to have a guide. You got to have a guide. You never know what could happen. <laughs> so actually, when I when I told the guide what I wanted to do, he told me not to, and I did it anyway, which was I wanted to take my products because he was concerned that it would dampen the experience. But my, my goal of having, protecting my brain and feeling fresh was more than worrying about how deep I went into the experience. And so um, what I did was I took Lucetol before I dropped in. And then I took a 300 milligram Neurodial after my experience and a Lucetol after the experience and then Sandman that night. So what happened was the Lucetol prevented that microglial, right? So when, when you're going into the medicine, the, 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 there was an excitation that could happen, but the microglial didn't stay, you know, in that state of, you know, the, the, the chihuahuas basically weren't yipping the entire time. They wow. maybe barked a couple of times, but they didn't go crazy. And I woke up the next day, I felt amazing. In fact, that night I went to dinner and the people at the table 
because there were some other people that flew in that were going to do some, some work and I hadn't seen them in a while and they couldn't believe I could carry on a conversation. And I told them what I did. And so, um, this is now part of their protocol out there. And I, we're having a lot of people, um, uh, around the world really that do plant medicine that are using this protocol. Wow. That's amazing. That's good to know. I'm going to be using that very soon. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, would that, excitation of the brain and the inflammation that so ensues, would that be true of, you know, universally say with psilocybin, uh, 5-MeO-DMT, ayahuasca, LSD, I mean, um, MDMA, MDA, like all mm -hmm. the things that, is it just kind of universal that I would that say more with that? the empathogens, you know, the MDMA, the MDA, um, yeah. uh, the, the 5-MAO maybe, you know, I mean, I, I didn't really find that to be um, a stressful uh, substance. You know, it's funny now that I, I threw that in the mix. After 5-MeO, I feel yeah. freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I feel just better than ever, better than I ever felt in my life. Like immediately afterward <laughs> for the following days, couple mm -hmm. weeks, beautiful meditation. Well, with ayahuasca, like it's so anti-inflammatory. I mean, I, I admittedly, I had the worst night of my entire life. The, fir the, the first and only time I've ever done ayahuasca. Oh, it was shit. terrible, right? I got sick. It was not like I was facing my demons. I felt like crap. Like I just wanted off this ride. Um, but the next day I felt amazing. Like my joints felt, you know, just, it just felt great. So I know that's an experience a lot of other people have with that. Particular yeah, medicine. actually, that's true. I'm thinking, you know, what kind of wrecks me? Uh, a day after some mushrooms, there could be a little bit of that, I mm -hmm. think, with the exception of the last time I did mushrooms, I uh, was on a sacred hunting trip here. I did a podcast recently about it. And the way that it was served in that ceremony, by the way, we weren't hunting on mushrooms, just for clarity. <laughs> Uh, you can find that episode in the show notes, folks. Shotguns and mushrooms. Not yeah. A good combination. All the, all, <laughs> however, one of the guides who was just, you know, like an outfitter that wasn't part of the, you know, our our crew per se, um, I was talking to him about it and he's an old, you know, good old boy from Texas. He's like, oh man, we go hunting on shrooms all the time, especially at night with night vision. It goes full on shrooming. Well, you heard about out. the studies with the with the hunting dogs, right? And psilocybin. Uh -uh. They're, 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 I guess... You know, I don't remember the specifics, but it, it's pretty impressive how much better the hunting dogs were. Oh, interesting. Were able to perform. Interesting. Well, well, to the point of kind of the plant medicine hangover, uh, Mon Monsel, the the gentleman that that runs this outfit and that uh, served the medicine in the ceremony we did um, after one of the hunts, uh, he does something called teching, where he blends it up with lemon juice, mm -hmm. and um, I forget exactly the the chemistry of it but it's it, changing the psilocybin to psilocybin so this is this is how you're you familiar with this? this is how you prep it you take you take the oh you know about this all right <laughs> lay it down because i just did it and i was like holy shit no, this I'll is strong you, i'll give you the recipe okay this is, a, this is the deal and so what this does to the to the mushrooms is it makes it a faster onset yes and it doesn't last as long yes and you need less yes this was like two and a half grams and right. i was I was trying to talk to a buddy of mine. He was kind of having a hard time and his face was going, I mean, I mm -hmm. usually don't even get visuals like this with my eyes open. His, he's kind of a freckly guy mm -hmm. and his face was becoming transparent and he was going totally fractal. And I'm yeah. trying to have a serious conversation with him. Uh -huh. And I was like, two and a half grams, like that's kind of not that much for me, you oh, know? Okay. And I was tripping yeah, yeah. balls dude it was so strong <laughs> uh 
Interestingly, and it did hit quite fast. It lasted yeah. a little longer than I uh-huh. thought because I, I heard that too. You know, it's short acting. Uh, it seemed like quite a long time. But then when it wore off, I mean, it was, it was gone. It just like, yeah. it degraded very quickly. And then I felt totally normal. And I, I didn't have any of the, um, the big noticeable difference was I often get a headache if I take mushrooms. Like okay. it's kind of, I just don't feel that great physically. Mm. I, I always, you know, get a lot of work done. I have some beautiful experiences, but it does, maybe it's like some neuro inflammation or something like that, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of get a headache and I just don't feel that awesome. And none of that was present. Yeah. Actually, and and also I didn't have any nausea, no cramps or anything that can sometimes be present with mm-hmm. psilocybin. Mm-hmm. So that teching with the lemon juice is, um, there's definitely something to that. But what I have had pretty universally negative experiences with are the heart openers, MDMA, mm-hmm. MDA. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I feel like I took crystal meth. Like yeah. I get really sort of depressed and mm-hmm. and awake but i don't feel light and happy it's just it's a bummer i really have not had great experiences with those particular medicines um like i've done them mostly with psilocybin in mm-hmm. ceremony and then it's fine as long as the mushroom part lasts longer mm-hmm. so i have to take plenty of mushrooms to make sure i'm going to be in that experience throughout the duration of the subsiding of the mdma if Mm -hmm. the mdma lasts longer then it's sort of like the mushrooms wear off and i'm like oh i just feel creepy Mm. so i wonder if that has something to do with that you know that piece there that could be abated by the lucitol and getting all those great neuroprotective uh, uh, compounds in there yeah well the 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 cbd can dampen you know the Ah, the heart openers a bit so that's can be taken pre you know, um, but it's probably better to, to look at those types of, you know, things after, you know, and it just kind of takes it out of the system. Um, I know with ayahuasca, it's the same thing. Uh, they will give you CBD. Some, some shamans will give you CBD to, to, to bring you out of it a bit. You know, it's kind of the way that, um, that, that CBD is, is in the cannabis plant because THC is, is actually pretty, um, can be pretty excitatory, you know? Um, so if you're a little too high on THC, you can take more CBD and it actually will calm you down. Oh, that's interesting. Back. That's interesting. Yeah. I actually have a whole chapter on um, melatonin and CBD and THC and we get into Delta 8 THC and just all the different chemistry behind yeah, sleep and stuff Yeah, I saw like some that. of that in your melatonin book and I didn't have time to dive into that part, but it's going to take a bit more reading. There was a lot of information in there. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. It's more like a textbook. than a, It is, yeah. yeah. But it's actually very readable. I'm not that great at reading highly technical papers, mm-hmm. like scientific papers. It's like I get lost pretty easy, but uh, I found it to be actually very readable, but there's just a lot of information. There's so many kind of nuanced side conversations that Mm -hmm. take place in there. It's like, okay, now we're on to this next thing. I think the best way for people to look at that book is um, the first couple chapters, you know, get the book, read the first couple chapters, and then look at different organ systems that you might be interested. If you've got skin issues or you're looking to have great skin, go to the skin chapter. You know, if you've got liver problems, go to the liver chapter. If you've got neurological issues, go to that chapter. Um, so it's not like you have to read the whole book. Right. You know, but the first couple chapters are really juicy. I mean, we really dive into melatonin. We talk about the stress and how it buffers stress. And, and we, we really set the stage so people, when they go on to the next chapters, they really understand it. 
Yeah, very much so. Well, I'm glad we got to cover the kind of antidote to the plant medicine experiences. <laughs> yeah. I think that'll be really valuable for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm sure. glad you, you know, added the caveat. I speak about these things kind of loosely, like, oh, it's no big deal. I did this and that, but I want people to understand, like for me personally, anytime I ever venture into those realms, I mean, it's, I'm very picky about when I do it, with whom I do it. Uh, the whole thing is very, very yeah. intentional. Um, it's very I, sacred. Yeah, I wouldn't, know? I wouldn't do those things in a flippant kind of way. And no. and I get offers here in Austin all the time to yeah. sit in ceremony. I mean, I mean, there's almost bad, weekly there's bad things just, that can happen. I mean, there's yeah. there's good energies and there's bad energies, and and you know you can you know they talk about a bad trip, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want your first experience to be something that you're going to be pushed away when this could be something that could be life-changing to you. Yeah. This is something that could transform you into a better human being. 100%. I mean, I, that's why I, like you for a while, I was like, I don't know if I really want to talk about this. I don't, I don't want to influence people in a way that they could go out and have a negative experience or be harmed or anything like that. But I also have to be honest that I've just transformed my whole life mm -hmm. through these experiences. Have um, you been to any uh, ketamine centers? No, that's on my list. Actually, okay. I was going to do a ketamine assisted therapy on Zoom. It was yeah. during during the peak of COVID with Dr. David Rabin, who's been on the show and he, he does a lot of work with MAPS. He's a uh, neuroscientist and a psychiatrist and he's very well versed in these kind of things. And then I took Bufo for the first time and then realized Mm, I'm just going to take a break. Like that was a lot to integrate. Oh. And so I just said, you know, I told him, Hey Dave, let's hold off on the ketamine therapy. Uh. However, I have self, this is the, really the only medicine I ever take by myself in a really small dose is ketamine periodically. Mm -hmm. uh, if I want to do a deep meditation, um, I'll do, I mean, maybe 150 milligrams or something mm -hmm. really kind of a mm -hmm. lower a lower dose mm -hmm. uh, but the other day it's funny you should mention that uh, my friend Stephen Jaggers from um, from Phoenix and Sedona was out here and he's an incredible body worker mm -hmm. and uh, we wanted to hang out and I said well we might as well do some body work you know because he's like my favorite guy in the world I've never worked with someone that skilled um, and I've worked with a lot of great uh, body workers so he comes over and I'm like I got an idea it just popped in my head. I said, how would you feel if I took a little bit of ketamine before you work on me? Because I interviewed uh, this woman, Dr. Joy Kong in LA. She has a clinic that does stem cells and stuff and she does ketamine therapy. And she does two interesting things. One, she puts people on an inversion table on ketamine mm. for the, you know, uh, I guess neurogenesis and circulation mm -hmm. kind of effects. And then she also has a body worker come in and work on people on a high dose of ketamine mm. with the vibration tools and all the mm -hmm. things. And mm -hmm. she said, it's incredible because of the anesthesia effect and the dissociative effect, the mm -hmm. nervous system doesn't fight the work. So I was thinking about that when he came over and I took like half a lozenge, maybe 150 milligrams mm -hmm. and it dissolved very quickly and I just swallowed it. So it hit me real quick. Mm -hmm. And man, the work we got done in an hour massage was freaking incredible yeah, yeah. because I was really able to stay in my, I don't know how to say it. It's like not in my body mm -hmm. to the point where the really deep work was intolerable yeah it's not like i was numb mm -hmm. in an anesthesia kind of way i mean i felt it but i was so kind of in the quantum yeah with my consciousness that i knew what we were doing and he also uses breath work uh -huh. while you're doing the body work yeah nice so we're breathing we're doing vocal toning 
there's the the Devi prayer, you know, uh, kind of music yeah. is on and I'm just like, holy shit, we've wow. found a key here. And it was a short session with a yeah. lighter dose, but I thought, man, if you could do like a three or four hour session and, oh, yeah. and take uh, like a ketamine suppository, for example, where we, it's, we, know, we, we're do you working, do that? Yeah, we have those. Oh, amazing. It's like, a three and a half hour journey. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I met someone here uh, who serves it. Unfortunately, I forget her name. She has a clinic here, but she said that she gets them or makes them in a suppository. And I thought that's interesting. Oh, I hadn't heard of anybody else. Yeah, and yeah. they do it in float tanks. Okay. I was like, wow. now we're talking. Yeah. So that's the thing with ketamine. Like the other day when I did it, I purposefully made it fast uh -huh. and I chewed up the thing and I wanted to hit fast because we only had so much time. But I find the dosing is difficult when you administer it yourself. Where yeah. I think if you were on an IV or getting an IM shot from a practitioner, or maybe the suppositories where it was, you know, more of a slow release dose where it's not too deep of a dose, but it lasts longer. Mm -hmm. If it hits too fast, it's kind of like, whoa. Well, that's what's so beautiful about the suppository. It's such a gentle deep incline and it and it comes down so 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 gently. Um, I, I, the therapeutic potential of that is just enormous. And I, you know, I, I love the, the work that it sounds like this lady's doing in California. We're doing some similar types of work, but, um, one of the things that I, uh, that I built at my clinic is, um, and this was because I was looking for something to make like, cause when we're aspirating bone marrow or we're doing injections for rotator cuff or whatnot, I wanted to make people more comfortable and get them to get their mind off what was happening. So I basically put these um, transducers under the table and we're basically playing this really amazing kind of like meditation music right through the table. And it and you really feel it, right? Dude, I interviewed a guy, um, uh, Dr. Steven, and he makes this thing called the Vibe Bed uh -huh. and it plays music through transducers under the right. bed. And so yeah. you put on headphones and then you have these yeah. giant speakers essentially under you and it just... Right it vibrates and oscillates all of those tones throughout your body. That's a really cool yeah. idea. So, so we're using that, that technology with the ketamine uh, journeys as well and body work. And wow. Krishna is our nurse anesthetist. So I'm not sure if you know what a nurse anesthetist is, but they're um, basically a lot of the hospitals are hiring them instead of an anesthesiologist. Oh, really? So we have a full-time um, nurse anesthetist on staff that does that does the work with the ketamine and, and whether it's an IM shot or it's an IV, um, he's, he's, he's incredible. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. So you kind of are cracking the code on that too, the utilitarian use of ketamine as it pertains to body work and things like that? Well, you know, I, I, I have a three-legged stool idea, right? For optimal vitality and health and well-being. So one of the legs of the stool is something that we've talked about quite a bit, which is this direct experience in the field, right? This direct experience and this, this, uh, this um, understanding of, of the reality of, of the energy that's creating everything that we're witnessing in the physical world. Um, then the other leg of the stool is the vitality of the body. So the more vital the body is, the higher levels of consciousness that we can enjoy. We can just be happier people in general. Um, and lastly is um, being able to uh, understand and deal with the mind. You know? And so having all of these things in place, I think can really provide people either uh, relief from certain diseases or people that are already healthy like you and I at some point could be using these types of technologies to accelerate you know, to where we're at now 
in a faster way if we had some some sort of a guide. So what I see with not just um, ketamine, but there's going to be you know things like MDMA and psilocybin coming up very quickly that we're going to be doing protocols. I mean, we're already doing protocols, but they're going to improve um, to help people um, through uh, making a more complete healing for them. Right, with the emotional blocks and things like that, right? Yeah, mental, emotional, yeah. spiritual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing I think that a lot of people that are chronically ill get stuck in, right? They go to a, an amazing clinic like yours or they see someone that's doing alternative therapies that's getting great results um, and it doesn't work for some people. And I've always suspected it's the unhealed emotional trauma because then you see someone who doesn't do anything on the physical level and they go do a plant medicine journey or some deep inner work and they're mm-hmm. healed of the physical stuff, like at the dispenser retreats. I mean, yeah. all they're doing is going into the quantum in a deep meditation and connecting with source and that divine infinite potential of power that's available there and they come out and they're fixed. So there's like people kind of healing themselves on both sides of that. But I think you're right. The, the integration of both of those at the same time, like mm-hmm. that's, that's home run time. I think the only thing that wouldn't, it could prevent one from not healing with both of those combined properly would just be some karmic implication where this lifetime, they're just supposed to be the way they are, you know? That's true. That which I, which I think is probably the case sometimes, you know, just your lot in life. And I've, I've hoped this isn't true, but I've thought about with my back problems, I'm kind of like, I've tried everything. Maybe this is just the way it is. And I, you know, I don't want to manifest that, but I would be willing to accept if that's just, part of the journey if I'm unable to ever figure it out, you know? You know, I, I think about that quite a bit as well, the karma component, because sometimes I'll have patients come to me and I just intuitively know, you know, I'm going to fix them. You know, like uh, palatal myoclonus is this rare neurologic disease. I can like fix it, you know, and I just have this, I just figured the the code and I get these people come in, their, their life is like, it's just, it's this throat contraction. It never stops. And these people are suicidal and it's very rare, but I do these endonasal balloons with these neurological, and you had Dean Howell on your yeah, show, right? Yeah. I got some four treatments with him too. Yeah. It's so, wild. So I, I studied with him 20 something years ago and I've got my own, um, technique called functional cranial release. And, uh, and so I teach doctors. I've had doctors all over the world, you know, in almost every continent that I've that I've trained. And I've got people that I that I integrate this cranial. You know, the the cranium is so important. I mean, we could do a whole a whole show on the, the cranium. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> How much time we got? All right, we've been going for two hours and fourteen minutes. Oh god. Maybe when we do the interview with you and Matt, because that one I think is going to be more focused on some of the the physical. This parts is a good of it, idea because you know? I bet you Matt has no clue. Cool. Like I'll, 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 well, he might, cause that's the area of the country where a lot of uh, people are trained. Cause that kind of comes from that North Northwest, but maybe he doesn't, you know, and we'll get him on the table and we'll show him. I, you know, I inflated Frank Schallenberger. Oh, really? Yeah. So when I was at his clinic training, um, I worked on his back too, but, um, but yeah, I did some inflations on him and he couldn't believe it. Like it helped, like his lower back improved by just working on his cranium and he had never been inflated before either. It's, it's a strange sensation. Yeah. You know, what I noticed is, um, probably brain blood flow. Like it really improved my cognition. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was kind of hoping like, oh, maybe it'll fix my back and it might've improved that it comes and goes, but I definitely was like, oh, someone just turned the lights on. That's kind of the feeling. Well, cranial, cranial rhythm, you know, and the movement of cerebral spinal fluid through cranial rhythm is a real thing. 
you know, you want to talk about Dispenza's work. Well, I think endonasal work with a, with a qualified practitioner could be, you know, incredibly impactful for a meditator. In fact, um, one of the things that turned me off, cause I was following Dean Hal for a short period of time, but I remember one of his certifications I went and that's all they were talking about is spirituality. And I'm like, but there's neurology here, you know, and I was in the middle of doing some really, really deep work, postgraduate work with the Carrick Institute of Neurology. And we're learning about how the eyes move. And I'm starting to see how I can do the balloons and that I, it's assisting the neurology to be able to heal all these pathways up much quicker. And that's kind of the premise but behind functional cranial release. It's very solidly grounded in like these different functional um, neurological exercises based on looking at how the eyes are moving and how the head and the eyes are related or different types of um, uh, cerebellar, uh, you know, balance. And, you know, it, it, it's a bit complicated to try and distill down into like one, yeah. one thing, but yeah. we're using neuroplasticity. Mm. So most people understand that the brain grows new connections. So what happens is sometimes things break down. Like a lot of people lose their coordination and they lose their balance and they're not able to hold their head outright and they have postural distortions and it's based on the eyes how because the eyes are communicating with the neck and they're also communicating with the inner ear they're all yoked and it's a conversation that needs to be really clean you move your head around the eyes have an equal and opposite uh, reaction and so this is something that we look at really closely and so we do these endonasal balloon uh, treatments, but then we specifically get these exercises to get all of this to work together. And usually patients that constantly need adjustments, you know, one adjustment, they'll stay in place because it's more of the cause, right? So I'm always right. looking at the cause. Like I was in the pool last, last night at the hotel, which you suggested I go to, which was awesome, by the way. And this guy is in the pool and I was talking about you, you know, and um, he's like, I got this knee problem, right? You know, they got all this inflammation in the knee. Like, what can I do for it? And I says, well, the problem's not the inflammation in the knee. The problem is you probably have something, some tissue in the knee that's damaged, which is causing instability, which is causing excessive wear and tear. And then you have the inflammation. So you wouldn't want to treat it with an anti-inflammatory. So the same thing with like a, a misalignment, if the head's tilted or you got spinal um, misalignments you wouldn't necessarily want to go and push all those things back into place because that's not what's driving it. What's oh, driving it is the desire of the head and the eyes to want to stay and, and move in a certain direction as it's compensating for, you know, because you think about vestibular function, it allows us to know our head's turning or moving or bending in a certain direction. Wow. And you can stimulate these to basically come back into balance with the right type of exercises. Damn, that's badass. <laughs> I feel like we could go on forever. We're yeah. I know we're going to like, after this podcast, we'll go hang out and then it will be a, a seven hour podcast. We should just keep mics on us when we go hang today and just run tape, you know, and let it go. Oh yeah. Uh, man, thank you so much for, for coming out and having this conversation. I knew that we we're going to hit it off based on our prior talks and pretty much consistent signal messages back mm -hmm. and forth and stuff. So thanks man for making the time and yeah, thanks for bringing I, I me a great, no doubt great either. goodie I bag. We were gonna, I knew we were going to have a good conversation. Yeah, and for those yeah. listening, I want to remind you, you can go to mitozen.com slash Luke, where you will find a nice discount if you want to try some of these things out. I'm a firm believer, fully drinking the Kool-Aid on all the stuff you're putting out there. Um, and thanks Tasting for, the pudding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and 
also, dude, thanks for making things that work. You know, people send me like bottles of capsules of these herbs and this stuff all the time. And it, you know, it's nice and it's well-intentioned. I'm very grateful for it. But most of the time it's like, you take it and you're like, I don't know. Did it do anything? You feel anything? I don't know. You know, mm. and maybe it has something to do with the delivery system or whatever. I'm sure many of them are integrous in the core ingredients, but um, I don't know your sprays and the suppositories and the whole thing and the liposomal things are just badass. So thank you for your generosity and bringing me a, a bag of them and um, and just for making something that actually works that you feel. It's You're cool. very welcome. And having My the pleasure. and having the wherewithal to actually explain it too, mm-hmm. you know, because I think people would really well have benefited from listening to this and really understanding the science behind it that it's not just you know, like a novel idea. Well, let's stick things up your butt and spray well, it, it in your nose. it all starts with this selfish, you know, like I need to like figure out how to make my life more comfortable, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right? I got this crazy lime and mold and I'm so, I'm a canary like yourself. Yeah. And then you just kind of start working with the products in, in, through your lifestyle and you start figuring out all these different utilizations. And um, that's really what's needed. You know, there's there's a lot of products out there and there's a lot of companies out there. And I just don't think that they have that that that's a missing component. And I, I'm trying to not let that be the case with MitoZen. Yeah, right on, dude. All right, I got one more question for you. Who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life and your work that you might share with us? <laughs> well, God, Joe Dispenza, right? Um, Michael Rice. Uh, you can find Michael Rice at whyagain.org. This is a, uh, if there was an enlightened being, yeah, he was. he's just an amazing person. Um, totally not money motivated. He could be famous right now if, if he wanted to be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you can find him. He does workshops. He's got a great book called whyagain.com. I'm sorry, why, why is this happening to me again? Mm. It says whyagain.org. Um, Michael Rice, uh, third. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm blanking a little bit. It happens almost every time. Yeah, on the third one? Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of people excited. A lot that. of people blank on the first one, and, uh, and many on the third. Yeah, gosh, um, you know, I, my mom. You know, I mean, my mom's put up with a lot of shit over the years, and she's always been there for me. And she's just that unconditional love, and uh, she's been my teacher. So I would say, Pam. Awesome, thanks, Pam. Did a good job. If you ever hear this, Pam. Got a good kid over here. All right, thanks, brother. Yeah, let's go jump in the ice bath and go have some fun. Let's do it. All right, thanks. All right. Well, I'm guessing that you're probably going to need a minute to digest all of that information. Wow, uh, what a deep dive conversation that was. And by the way, I've got a couple more episodes with Dr. John coming up soon because, I don't know, he's just such a fascinating guy and his approach to alternative healing is just so next level. So thank you for joining us. And remember, uh, if you want to check out the MitoZen products, you can find them at mitozen.com Luke. And the code there is Luke Story, and that gets you 5% off. Uh, I'm really impressed with these things, as you might have guessed from this conversation. I don't want to be, you know, like such a supplement pusher, but I'm just really into the stuff John's doing and wanted to share it with you guys along with uh, all of his wisdom and experience. We've got another incredible episode coming next week. It's called Hitting Bottom and Rising from Opiate Addiction to a Life of Purpose with Doug Bobst. And next week's show is really one close to my heart as someone who suffered from various addictions, including opiates for many years, and fortunately found my way up and out in my late 20s. 
And it's been uh, a long time of living free from those type of issues. But Doug's story is absolutely incredible and really inspiring. So can't wait to share that with you next week. And I'd also like to remind you to go ahead and join my newsletter. You can find it at lukestory.com slash newsletter. And the reason that I promote this newsletter so much is because I get so many emails and so many inquiries on social media from people that want links and bullet points and notes and references from the episodes. And as a podcast fanatic myself, I mean, really, that's why I started a podcast, because I just was benefiting so much from listening to them. I know how it can be kind of distracting or frustrating when you're listening to a show and someone mentions a book or a resource or a supplement or product or service, a movie, something like that. And you feel like you have to stop the recording and write it down or screenshot it. And uh, I've made that, that problem go away for you by including all of the links along with complete transcripts from every episode that are available in my newsletter. So if you sign up at lukestory.com newsletter, Obviously, you won't get the show notes from today's show, but you'll get every episode moving forward. And uh, I'm very respectful with my emails. I tend to really only send emails out for podcast episodes on Tuesdays and sometimes Fridays and every once in a while if I have a special offering or an event, but I'm not a big uh, email spammer. I respect the list and the people on it like you, but I'd love for you to join me there. It's um, a way that I can guarantee to stay in touch with you especially in light of today's social media censorship. You just never know when uh, you talk about something uh, verboten and get nuked from the mainstream corporate communist-controlled platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And speaking of that, um, I've got a new Telegram channel where I post things that would definitely not be allowed on the mainstream channels. You can find that at lukestory.com telegram. And I'll just say here, this is where I post some of the more shocking news about uh, current affairs today. And I want to warn you, it's not for the faint at heart. It's, it's, uh, Telegram is not really the unicorns and rainbows feel-good content that you're used to from your old pal Luke. It's kind of sounding the alarm on some of the things that I see happening in our world today. So if you want to stay in the love and light and uh, kind of avoid the shadows, then perhaps Telegram <laughs> channel would not be for you. But for those of you who want to get there, again, that's lukestory.com slash Telegram. And for now, that's somewhere where I can, I, I guess, speak freely until someone stops me. But uh, definitely the newsletter is a way that I'd like to stay in touch with you because I can reach you directly regardless of what's going on on any of the other platforms. And I do my best to tread lightly on forbidden topics um, on the podcast, actually, and also uh, on social media. It's sort of a, a balancing act these days with um, information being so tightly controlled but I'm doing my best to keep the value coming and to provide useful and hopefully inspiring information to you. So if you're hearing the end of the show, folks, you know what that means. That means you're a super fan. I appreciate you listening to the episode today with Dr. John Lawrence, an incredible guy, and I can't wait to have him back on. I think the next one with uh, Dr. John is a co-interview with Dr. Matt Cook that we recently did out in San Jose, California, and that was a wild ride. And in the episode that's coming up, and I don't have the number handy, but just remember Dr. John Lawrence's name when you see it, uh, we cover alternative treatments for pain with Dr. Matt Cook. And then I've also got another episode with Dr. Matt Cook by himself that I also recorded at the same time in San Jose while I was getting treated at his clinic. And in the episode with Dr. Matt, 
uh, alone, we talk about cutting edge treatments like next level stuff for Lyme and uh, mold toxicity. So it's a very focused episode. So there's a lot of good stuff coming at you. I'm really enjoying these interviews this year and uh, I'm learning so much and I'm so inspired by the people that I get to talk to. And of course, that would not be possible if you weren't listening. So thank you so much and I'll see you next week. 